Thanks for tuning in to episode 44 of the Unlockable Podcast, where today we're going to talk about the most Thanksgiving-y video game series of all. It's Harvest Moon. We each played a couple of games from the series as total Harvest Moon newbies, and we're going to talk about our experiences. Hannah's also going to educate us on the story of Seasons drama that is currently taking place, so there's a high probability you're going to learn something new. Tell your best friend about the podcast and give us a five-star rating on your app of choice, and let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Unlockable Podcast. My name's Christian, and joining me as always is the Game Girl Advance SP herself. That's me. How's November treating you, my friend? Uh, pretty good. I'm super busy. Right now we are renovating my room. So I've been like in a mobile office. My office has been the dining room for the past couple of weeks. Painting the walls, doing a full refurbish of everything. So my room looks like a disaster. Very busy. But other than that, playing Harvest Moon, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm in a a farming thing. I feel like I should be wearing overalls right now for this podcast. Have a freaking, oh man, what is it, like a wheat spray coming out of your mouth and a pitchfork? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. November's been been good for me. Um, Yeah, I got this whole week off. I am chilling. Got a lot of stuff to do. Going to hang out with friends that I don't usually get to see, so that's cool. Um, It's going to be a good, good Thanksgiving holiday for sure. Has it cooled off over there at all or still hot? Yeah, we're in the... I was a little upset today because it went back up to like 75, 80 degrees, but mm-hmm. uh, Thanksgiving should be like a high in the 50s, so it's it's going to be nice over here. What about you? Ugh, no, we're, we haven't been blessed with that low of weather, but it has been pleasant in the shade outside. If you're in the <laughs> sun, you're, you just might as well die. It was a very humid day this morning. I, I woke up and was like, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to take the roommate's dog and just go for a walk started raining halfway through it was (laughs) so nasty i it came home and immediately showered it was not pretty today sounds about right (laughs) um we have plenty to talk about we don't need much more introduction um i think we're ready to dive into harvest moon yeah let's do it um to kick us off here i would like to kind of discuss our experience with the farming simulation genre so why don't you go first tell me what kind of stuff you've played in your life that could be considered a farming sim game so i suppose my first kind of experience with farming in general just as a concept was probably playing like runescape and stuff while we don't do actual farming there is things like mining and stuff which is very adjacent to it so i do like the monotony of it but after that i'd say my first like real video game experience with farming is an animal crossing which i know wasn't like exactly a farming sim but it's adjacent it's very very adjacent yeah um and i didn't like it (laughs) I am open about my dislike for Animal Crossing. I didn't just dislike the farming. I just disliked all of it. So there goes that. And then recently, for like the past six months, the past six podcasts, I've been talking about Harvestella, (laughs) which is like the perfect 
combination of RPG and farming. And I love that. So I think I might have set myself up for disappointment from going from <laughs> something that's so story-driven with Harvestella to going back to something like Harvest Moon, which is just not at Interesting. all. So, yeah, that's my experience. I imagine there isn't a lot of uh, RPG farming games in that space that are competing with Harvestella. That one's probably got the, uh, the cream of the crop, if you will. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I'm not even convinced that that metaphor made sense, but I, I, as soon as I thought of it, I had to say it out loud. That was awesome. Really good. <laughs> um, I, it's just going to be Animal Crossing for me. That was an interesting point you brought up about farming stuff in RuneScape. Um, mm-hmm. But first off, I haven't played any RuneScape. I've never even played... Um, freaking what is the most popular game starts with an m minecraft i've never even played minecraft mm. and i feel like that is there's a lot of farming of things of sorts going on in there as well there's even pigs in there not pigs <laughs> i honestly i actually don't know what you do in minecraft i actually have no clue but i know that there's pigs and i know that there's some some building and the graphics look like absolute garbage yeah. Oh, speaking of Minecraft, though, uh, gosh dang, what's it called? Uh, Dragon Quest Builders has some farming aspects to it. Forgot about that. Are we gonna get and to I hear about Harvestella in this episode? Um, I mean, I can talk about it <laughs> if you oh. want me to talk about it for the seventh time in a row. But <laughs> no, I don't have anything specifically written. So if you want to hear about Harvestella, go to any other podcast. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so for me, it's just Animal Crossing. I've had Animal Crossing pretty present in my life since the GameCube days. Um, I moved to uh, this city to the Never Eat Sour Worms, to the west of Houston, whenever I was about seven years old, and still pretty much in Houston, but... Um, I, I lived there for a long time and I used to hang out with this guy, one of my best friends. He would always be playing video games in his garage. You know, we would go hang out and he would just let people play his video games. We would play Smash Brothers in the garage a lot. But one thing that he used to play was Animal Crossing and I had no experience prior to that. Um, I think he did let me borrow his game a few times and I was able to experience it that way, but... Um, after that I had every Animal Crossing DS, Wii, and Switch, and 3DS of course, um, played a lot of Animal Crossing in my day, um, I think the big one that you and I are both lacking on here is Stardew Valley, that game is immensely Mm. popular. Yes it is. But, we will talk about that as we, as we progress through the episode. I'm going to kick us off here. Also, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, not to just undermine all the great things that you just said, but what was your acronym for North, South, East, West? Never eat sour worms? <laughs> yeah. I always thought that it was soggy waffles. <laughs> that was, like, my thing. Maybe that's maybe it's a state thing. Who knows? Maybe it's a more of an issue in uh, in Florida. 
You know, you guys don't worry about mm. worms, but soggy waffles run rampant. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. It rains a lot outside, so that makes sense. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well, I'm going to kick us off here with the development history of the very first Harvest Moon game. Uh, we thought this would be a good way to kind of start the episode off. And um, to preface that even a little bit, we both spent time with the original Harvest Moon it is an incredibly expensive cartridge, but we both have access to it on the Nintendo Switch, so that was cool. Mm, and um, yes. we felt like if we're going to do a Harvest Moon episode, we need to play the original game. So we will talk about our experience with that game after we get through this development history here. And um, I think you're going to like some of this stuff, Hannah. This is pretty interesting. I listened to uh, an entire, like, I don't know if you're familiar with GDC, the Game Developers Conference yes it's every year um i've listened to some podcasts from them from like i'm not in game development or anything but i still find this stuff super interesting uh i've listened to frank safaldi talk about the preservation of game history and stuff but i found this interview not interview i found the creator of harvest moon yasuhiro wada talk about pretty much his experience with creating harvest moon uh, and it was from an old GDC conference, and that's honestly where most of my notes came from. I tried typing in the history of Harvest Moon in like seven different Google searches, and <laughs> there just wasn't a lot. And so, while I didn't want to listen to an hour-long podcast to get my notes, uh, I sped it up to 2x, and, um, you know, what better source than the man himself, right? Awesome. Look at you. The dedication is just, wow, incredible. So, without further ado, Yasuhiro Wada was the producer of Harvest Moon. He grew up in the rural countryside of Japan, and when he got older, he moved to the city. He really enjoyed the city, but he had a lot of love for the countryside and learned to appreciate each in their own light. Um, after finishing college, Wada moved to Shibuya, and was employed by the game developer or game publisher Pack-In Video. It was a little mm -hmm. confusing if this company was a developer, publisher, both. Um, I think a lot of companies in that era kind of did both. Um, but yeah, Pack-In Video. They mostly developed games for the Famicom, Super Famicom, MSX, the Game Boy, and the PC Engine. Most of his work at Pac-In Video was localization of Western games being brought over to Japan. So he wasn't a game developer or anything, but over the span of two years, he was able to get an idea of what game development looked like, how long it took, what kind of finances were required, etc. While learning about game development, he was also fantasizing about what kind of game he'd like to make. Um, he was a fan of games with combat, your typical platformers and RPGs and beat-em-ups. Uh, but he was also starting to envision something more along the lines of SimCity and Derby Stallion, which were both pretty popular at the time. Um, we're talking like 1993, 1994 right now. Um, we didn't get Derby Stallion over here, but it's an incredibly popular horse racing series in Japan. Um, I say it's incredibly popular because they're, they're on like, I don't know, there's like a new release every year. It's It's been going for a <laughs> long time. Mm -hmm. um, 
he wanted oh and derby stallion also like you have to train your horses you have to raise your horses there's definitely a simulation side of it uh he wanted to apply the idea of living life on the countryside into like playing a video game he wanted to figure out how to connect those two things um a challenge for that was trying to figure out if someone would want to go home from work from nine to five and then come home to literally continue working but in a video game you know is that something (laughs) that would be fun would people be interested typically people are playing games to enjoy something while not working Mm -hmm. it finally yeah it finally clicked with him and he was playing derby stallion which he said he was hooked on and he realized that if he swapped out the horse training for a farm it'd be exactly what he was looking for in this ideal game that he'd been thinking of so wada worked hard and learned a lot over those two years and uh while he was doing localization for his company and he was also gaining the trust of the higher-ups at his company and his pitch to them was going to be the player will work diligently and receive a nice payoff, just like in real life. Your role would be working on a farm, and that would be the world of Harvest Moon. You would raise animals and have interaction with other humans in this world, and you would face real-life hardships and live a frugal life as a farmer. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he stayed pretty true to those original um, intents interaction farming (laughs) interaction farming and livestock were the three core elements for their prototype he was able to pitch the idea to them they gave him a small budget for this project so a lot of sims have you just managing a lot of sims of this time had you just managing from afar and watching numbers go up and down when you do things right or wrong um he wanted a game where you're actually interacting so you're actually feeding the chickens in your chicken coop. You're actually milking the cows, brushing the cows, pulling your crops, feeding your cattle, everything. Um, During development, because they wanted to target a broad audience, they decided to throw in some fantasy elements, including the goddess and the beanstalk. Um, In my playthrough, I did not know that either of those things were in the game. (laughs) You know, I only got a handful of hours in, but I did see mention of them in the manual. Uh, That's aside from the point. Wada originally wanted to call the game Life Farm, and the story writer hated it and suggested Farm Story, and that's what they went with over in Japan. After six months, they were ready to test their ROM and put all the individual pieces together. Their team grew to about 10 people at this point. They said that putting all of the individual pieces together was like, it didn't work at all. The game had insane uh, slowdown, the frame rate dropped, and it was crazy. And um, I think the reason he mentioned that was just because it is a game developers conference and he's trying to kind of teach people and... Um, talk about the development in depth but I'm sure that's how it always goes right development was going smoothly but another six months go by and the developer went under the company had been working on a lot of games for PS1 and even the Saturn um, but they bit off more than they could chew and they got purchased by Victor Entertainment Mm mm-hmm with delays in development, they barely had any money left in the budget. Wada was heartbroken, but he understood it was time to throw in the towel. And 
two of his friends at the company encouraged him to keep the project alive and he made sure to mention them multiple times in this in this interview podcast whatever um that that he really appreciated them and he shouted them out and he was like this we would never have seen harvest moon if these guys didn't like keep me on the project and and you know tell me not to throw in the towel oh that's sweet so victor entertainment gave them a little money uh and a couple of additional people they were down to three at this point so making it five now but it was hardly enough um but it was enough because for the next six months they slept the office working insane hours to get this game finished the programmer actually scrapped the majority of the code and started from scratch when the game was finally finished, Wada was incredibly proud of the project, but he knew it was going to be difficult to market and sell the game. I imagine that's very true anytime you're kind of creating a new subgenre almost, and just like, I don't know. it. On one side, it's cool, it's unique. People haven't experienced this before, um, so you're standing out. And on the other side of the coin, it's like, well, if no one knows that that genre exists, how do they know that that's something they want to play? Uh, how are you going to convince right. retail stores that they should carry it? Things like that. Um, Ooh, I didn't even think of that. And and to make it even harder, it's the summer of 1996, and the N64 had already been out for two months at this point. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no wonder why it's so darn expensive. Right. Yeah. Well, here in America, it didn't release till '97, so even later. Ooh. Um. So because it was a brand new shipment or a brand new franchise, the initial shipment shipment of the game in Japan to the market was less than twenty thousand units. So nothing wow. too crazy popular right off the bat. Uh, reviews were mixed, but the ones that liked it, he said, really liked it. Uh, news about the game was spreading, and they started getting some reorders, which was nice. Someone from a local children's magazine liked the game so much that they actually started a manga column, which probably helped with the sales a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the game sold over 100,000 units in Japan. Nothing crazy again, but it was a profitable product, which was good. Good enough for yeah, Victor Entertainment. Yeah, pretty good yeah um and so victor entertainment was happy with that they probably saw potential because while water was ready to start on a brand new project that wasn't harvest moon his boss instructed him to begin working on a new harvest moon this time for the game boy and yeah. that one sold over three hundred thousand units wow he credited pokemon awesome. being um a big reason why you know all these kids had game boys all of a sudden and um he he credited pokemon for being a a big reason why the game was able to sell that well uh after that it was time for harvest moon 2 which we know as harvest moon 64 wada felt that the team was finally able to make the game they originally wanted to make on super nintendo so for that that tells me that harvest moon 64 is the real deal it is real. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the Game Boy game was actually kind of a downport, um, and he wasn't like super fond of that. He pretty much had like somebody else at the company working on that, and he wasn't too involved in it. 
uh, he was more excited to work on Harvest Moon 2 and um, yeah that's what I got for development history I have one fun fact did you know that you might have found this out in your research but he created birthdays the beginning which is also known as happy <gasps> birthdays oh my gosh I didn't know that I feel like I haven't played that game but that might count as some kind of farming sim I don't I don't know um I would say it's adjacent it's more like I want to say life, but not like in the life, like Animal Crossing and like The Sims' life simulation, more like the creation yeah. of life. But, oh man, I didn't know that. That's so cool. I was pretty excited to tell you that. So the game, I have it on PS4, and it's called Birthdays the Beginning, and yours is called Happy Birthdays if you play it on Switch. And yep. I've been very confused, and there's like no information on the internet, and... uh I found out it's the same game. It's just a rename. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's just a, a side point. Um, yeah, that's Harvest Moon. Hmm. Alrighty. Wow, that's so exciting. I didn't know that. I totally forgot about the game, actually, until you just said it. Yeah, it's been years so... since you mentioned it. I know. I need to play that game again. I just remember the first time failing and being like, well... That's it, boys. <laughs> I'm done with that one. I put all this time and effort into it, and I failed. Uh, I'm ready to hear... Everyone in the audience, I know, is ready to hear about the story of Season's drama, Hannah. All right. So I will put a disclaimer here that I do not know the inner workings of business and or stocks or whatnot. So if you own 51% of a company, do you own it? Blah, 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 whatever. So all of these dates are to the best of my ability. There could be some things that are behind the scenes that are different. Like if you own this company, but you're not, not like technically merged with them, but you own a majority of their stocks, blah, 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 whatever it is. So this is the best timeline that I could come up with. Um, so you already covered like the development and stuff. So I'll go specifically into the publishing, which is like the big thing here. You talked about how back in the day they kind of published and developed at the same time so mm -hmm. a lot of these have credits for both publishing and developing so i'm going to try to keep that as straight as i can um but we're going to break it down by country here so i delved into both uh the japanese publishing because it is important and it does change and then also the united states which i know is usually what we cover here but it you have to know like the japanese one to kind of understand the united states one that's so fair that's where we're starting so the first Harvest Moon was published by a company called Packin Video, which you talked about, and Japan only, um, which makes the story very complicated because apparently, like you said, they went bankrupt, and that's why I don't care their name anymore. Um, yeah. They published games specifically for the Japanese market, but weirdly American titles like Die Hard, Rambo for the Famicom, and um, Minesweeper, which did you know also got a Game Boy release? Because I didn't. Oh my gosh, I want that now. Like, Minesweeper. Like, the game that you play on freaking Windows computer way back <laughs> when, and you just try not to hit a freaking mine and die. But you had no idea how to play, you know? Right. <laughs> As a kid. Just try not to hit a... I'm like, I don't know, I'm just gonna click this one. Yeah, I won. Okay, <laughs> sick. Yeah, yeah, I blew up. Anyway. That one's cool. Um, then Pack and Video would eventually merge... Uh, with the video game division of Victor Entertainment, because it's more than just like a video gaming company, uh, and they would rename to Victor Interactive Software in October of 1996. 
Um, also, I will mention that I'm going to go through a whole bunch of facts, and then at the very end, I'm going to break down specifically the dates so we can get like the full picture. All so right. Stick with me. So, despite the merger, some of their games would still use the pack-in video brand name for whatever reason. I don't know if it was in a contract or something that they'd keep the name on. Some changed to Victor, some didn't, so that's also very confusing. Um, like I said, they're both publishers and game developers, so they have both publishing and developing credits. Their first game was Fish Eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and their <laughs> last game was Fish Eyes 3, but of course there's several other games Mixed in there, it just so happened that Fish Eyes both started and ended them. Sweet. Then on March 31st of 2003, Victor Interactive Software was acquired by Marvelous Entertainment and would then be called Marvelous Interactive uh, and with this obtained the rights to the Story of Seasons series. Um, on September 10th of 2003, Marvelous Entertainment Incorporated, or Inc., announced that Marvelous Interactive Inc. would become a wholly owned subsidiary of Marvelous Entertainment Inc. So I'm being very specific when I'm talking about like Marvelous Entertainment Inc. is one entity and then Marvelous Interactive Inc. was another entity. And they okay. became one of them became a subsidiary of the other. Okay, so real quick, you said that they now own Story of Seasons. So Yeah. What year was that? Two thousand five? Oh, uh, this was two thousand three. So you're telling me that there was a Story of Seasons game before 2003? No, no, no. So uh, in Japan, Story of Seasons, it, it never changed. Like that that was always the name. It's in Japan. So it's called, uh, what was the Japanese translation? I don't remember. Farm Story? Uh, no, it was like the actual Japanese language. It's not Dobutsu, that's... Doku, I don't remember, but that's always been the case. So the naming doesn't really take effect in Japan. It more affects the United States, but I'll get to that. So they have, they have always had the story of seasons over there in Japan, the Victor Entertainment. Okay, hang on. I, just to clear it up for me and the audience, story of seasons is not the same as Harvest Moon, at least at this point or ever, yes. I guess. Um, well, in Japan it is. Okay, so you're saying Harvest Moon in Japan has been known as Story of Seasons. Always. Well, yes, because it's called something else in Japanese. Like, the Japanese for it is... Bokujo uh Monogatari. -huh. Uh, so that has never changed in Japan. That's always been the case. So it's just the English name that's changed. Alright. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just weird because I thought that the Japanese name translated to Farm Story, according to the podcast I listened to. Well, yes, but it's not called Farm Story. Like, it's always just referred to as Story of Seasons or Harvest Moon. Huh. So it's it's one of those things that's it's weird to be translated. Directly, it does mean Farm Story. Oh, okay. But that's just that's just the English translation of those, if that makes sense. Okay, so then in that in that regard, starting in 2003, they now own, Marvelous now owns Harvest Moon as a series? Well, not Harvest Moon, but yeah, I mean, okay, sure, yes, they own Harvest Moon for this moment in time, yes. All right. Okay. 
Uh, let's see, where was I? September 10th, 2003, Marvelous Entertainment Incorporated. Oh yeah, I read that, okay. So on June 30th to 2007, Marvelous Interactive Incorporated would be merged into its parent company, Marvelous, Marvelous Entertainment Inc. So now they're just under one holy name. So Marvelous, or a branch of it, like the predecessor, whatever, has always been responsible for publishing the pre-split Harvest Moon games and the Story of Seasons games in Japan. So they've always held the license. It's just went from one subsidiary or one company that's been bought out by Marvelous. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was pack it was pack in whatever, pack video, pack in video, then it was Victor Entertainment, then it was Marvelous. It's it's always been one continuous thing. Okay. It's like the big fish is Marvelous eating the little fish that had the Harvest Moon name inside of it, if that makes sense. Was Natsume not involved in Japan for these games at this point? No. Okay. That's another thing that's very confusing. So Natsume, I'm going to read it in a second, but only is related to the United States release. Gotcha. That's what makes this so darn confusing. So in the United States, the first Harvest Moon uh, game was published by Natsume Inc. in the U.S. So Natsume Inc. is an American video game publisher... Uh, and was originally established as the American division of, like, the OG Natsume uh, co-LTD in 1988. But it split from its parent company, Natsume co-LTE, which is now renamed to Natsume Atari co-LTE, uh, in 1995 to become an independent publisher. Okay. So, again, very confusing. And this Atari is not to be confused with the American video game Atari, uh, but the Japanese company known for making pachinko gambling machines. Okay. So stick with me. <laughs> so by the time the first Harvest Moon game was out in the United States in 1996, 1997, um, I, this Natsume was already a separate entity from the Japanese Natsume that everyone thinks about. So I don't know if it was like a prior agreement that they would, that the American version would take over it. I'm not sure like where the money goes there you know or like the credits go but we know Mm -hmm. that natsume inc the u.s company has the rights to publish harvest moon in the united states at this point okay they always have all right uh let's see uh and just to make things more confusing natsume inc which is the ones that published the game in the united states inaugurated a japanese division called natsume inc japan over there in uh, in Japan, uh, but that division has nothing to do with the original OG Japanese company. <laughs> that was the first thing that blew my mind. I was like, I always assumed that it was Natsume, the Japanese company, but it has nothing to do with them. They're not associated anymore. Gotcha. So it's the American company who is publishing the Harvest Moon games under that name. So it's very specific that we keep to the Harvest Moon name. Uh in the United States. Okay. So from the end of the Super Nintendo era to 2014, Natsume Incorporated, uh, which is the American company, was responsible for publishing the Harvest Moon games in North America per the original agreement. So per, uh, it's still being developed by Victor Interactive and all of those marvelous okay. companies. The lead up to the marvelous, uh, I don't know, merger, whatever, acquisition. So in 2014, Marvelous Inc. announced that the latest installment of the Harvest Moon series would be published by the American publishing brand Exceed Games under the title Story of Seasons. So now in 2014 is the split. 
They announced that so, the new Harvest Moon game would be published by XSeed and it would be called Story of Seasons. Yes. So this wow. is the confusing part. So 2014 is the big split okay. between where Natsume Inc. decides that they are going to publish Harvest Moon games under the Harvest Moon uh, name and then XSeed is going to take over publishing in the United States under the name of Story of Seasons. Huh. So, stick with me. So, Exceed, I'm sure you know, um, is like known for making like really expensive games. They made, uh, well, they published, uh, what was it, The Last Story, which is like the RPG and Pandora's Tower, and that one like random fishing game that's like super oddly expensive on the Wii. To clarify real quick. Hannah means that uh, the games, like, they're not expensively made or they're not expensive when they come out, but they rise in value after they've been out for X amount of years. Yeah, that's it. Um, so they were founded on, or in November of 2004, by former members of Square Enix USA, which I didn't know. Hmm. Was acquired by AQ Interactive Incorporated in 2007. And then in 2008, they joined forces with Marvelous Entertainment to co-publish their games in North America. Uh, and officially a part of Marvelous from 2011 to present. So there's a gap there where they were working together, but they hadn't quite got their hands on the Harvest Moon uh, franchise yet. Okay. So from this point on, Natsume Inc., the American company, has the rights to the Harvest Moon game, or a Harvest Moon name, uh, where Marvelous has the rights to the games and the code themselves. Wow. So hence why the Story of Seasons games are remakes of the original Harvest Moon games. Okay. Does that make sense? I know this is a lot, trust me. No, I'm, I'm following. Uh, it makes sense now because I know that some of the games, like Story of Seasons is called like... I, I don't have one in front of me, but they have like the same subtitle as Harvest Moon games. So it makes sense that they're remakes. Yeah, which I did not know. So if you're feeling nostalgic for an old Harvest Moon game, then you should pick up a Story of Seasons game because they are Harvest Moon games. They're just remastered and look really nice now. Gotcha. So there are exceptions to this rule, of course, because there are spinoffs. And I also read a couple articles that Natsume and Marvelous and Xseed kind of like all work together or they like went halfsies on publishing things in the United States. So it seems like their relationship is still amicable, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, and then I just figured I'd write down the Europe because whatever. So Nintendo published a lot of the games in the EU, but then at some point uh, they Marvelous transferred it to Rising Star Games, but I'm not, we're just not going to get into that. I'm already, I'm good <laughs> with doing two <laughs> countries. Okay. So now I'm going to list the timeline. And so stop me if you have any questions. I'll try to explain. Okay. So it starts off with Pack-In Video, which is the publisher or the developer slash publisher of the first Harvest Moon game. They were established or founded in August 3rd of 1970. This is a long timeline. <laughs> so then we have Natsume Co. LTD founded on October 20th of 1987. That's the Japanese company. Yep. So then Natsume Incorporated, the American company, was established in 1988, so very shortly after 
the Japanese was established. They were like, okay, we need one in America. Bam. Okay. Established Natsume Incorporated. Then we have Natsume Incorporated separates from Natsumeko LTE, the OG Japanese company, in 1995, which was very, very close to the release of the Super Nintendo Harvest Moon game. If you're listening on YouTube, I think we are going to try to post a uh, timeline, a visual for you guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, carry on. That would probably that would probably be a lot easier. So Harvest Moon Super Nintendo released in Japan on August 9th of 1996. Then Pack and Video merged with Victor Entertainment to form Victor Interactive Software on October 1st of 1996. Then Harvest Moon Super Nintendo was released in North America on June 17th, 1997. Now we have Marvelous Incorporated, founded June 25th, 1997. Then Victor Interactive Software, acquired by Marvelous Entertainment and renamed Marvelous Interactive, March 31st, 2003. All right. Marvelous Interactive Incorporated, or Inc., to become a wholly owned subsidiary of Marvelous Entertainment Incorporated, September 10th, 2003. You can see why I'm pulling my hair out over here. There's so many, many name changes and things <laughs> that aren't even associated with each other. It's crazy. So, Exceed Games founded November 2004. Exceed acquired by a company called AQ Interactive 2007. Marvelous Interactive Incorporated would be merged with parent company Marvelous Entertainment Incorporated. June 30th, 2007. So, in 2008, Exceed joins forces with Marvelous Entertainment to co-publish the games in North America. And then Marvelous Entertainment renamed to Marvelous AQL after merging with AQ Interactive and Livewire, making Exceed officially a part of Marvelous on October 1st, 2011. Then Marvelous discontinued licensing the series to Natsume Incorporated, the American company, in 2012. And then Natsume Co. LTE, or LTD, uh, renamed to Natsume Atari after the merger with Atari in 2013. And then finally, we have Marvelous AQL renamed to Marvelous Incorporated, July 1st, 2014. And at that point, that was the split. So that's what I got for that. I hope it made sense. I will tell you that this was like the most frustrating thing I've ever looked up in my entire life. <laughs> but that is... As far as I can tell, the complete timeline are ones that actually are important to the story. So, isn't there is there not like currently live uh, lawsuits going on? I don't think so. I didn't see anything about lawsuits, but it's very possible that there are. No, I mean you probably would have seen something. I guess I was just misinformed. I thought this. I thought that there was something weird going on recently, and Marvelous and Natsume were fighting and. I don't know. So who who the heck develops Harvest Moon games now? Are they not even the same? Is it like some random new developer? So the Harvest, yeah. So the Harvest Moon games that are being made now, being published by Natsume Incorporated, the American company, are made by like several different companies. That's why nobody freaking likes them. They probably don't play anything like the old pre-2014 games. Yeah, exactly. So I think... Had I known that prior to playing all these Harvest Moon games, like the old Harvest Moon games, I would have played the newer Harvest Moon games Oh yeah. to see how they're different. Because I did not realize that the Story of Seasons games are just remakes of the Harvest Moon games. I had no idea until I had already started playing them. 
So, are there no new games in Story of Season games? Like, are, are any of them not remakes? No, I don't think so. Wow. Interesting. They have spinoffs, but not new ones. Okay. And, like, the mainline series. All right. Yeah, I thought you had, like, another 20 minutes of talking. I was like, oh, man, we're just getting started, but I got you. That was, no, that was good. You did yeah. a good job. I appreciate all that research. I hope so. I hope it wasn't too confusing, but the names they didn't have to be so similar <laughs> you know but they were and just to make it more confusing it's not that atari it's this atari <laughs> right exactly like really <sighs> yeah it was interesting stuff i've already learned so much all right i we are going to talk about harvest moon on super nintendo now um i'm gonna kind of i mean we both played this one a little bit i think i played slightly more than you so I'm going to cover the basics, the gameplay. You can tell me if I miss anything. You can tell me if, um, you know, whatever your experience was with the game. Did you have anything you wanted to throw in before I start rambling? Nope. It's all you. All right. In Japan, the game dropped August 9th, 1996. And in North America, after the N64 had been out for almost a year, we get it in 97. And then freaking Europe gets the game in January 98, man. That's crazy. Oh. Oof. Uh, do you have it handy when the, the N64 game released? Uh, it released in 1999. In Japan? Or everywhere? Uh, both. It's released February 5th, 1999 in Japan and December 22nd, 1999. That's pretty funny. They got this game in 98 in Europe, and then the following year, an N64 game would come out. That's pretty pretty insane. Not for them. Oh, not for Europe. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, from the from the research I've done, Europe really was getting a, was getting shafted a little bit with this franchise. Oops. All right. So it came out on the Super Famicom, Super Nintendo. It was developed by. So this is weird. I know we just talked about Pac-In Video. It was developed by Amcus, who has mm-hmm. only been credited for like one or two other games I could find. Did you find Amcus at all when you were doing research? Yeah, so I looked it up, and they the only other game that they have is Monstania, if that's how you say it. And it was a, it was a strategy RPG for the Super Famicom. And that's the only thing I have for them. I don't know what the relationship was there. Maybe somebody consumed them. I don't freaking know. It's hard enough researching small developers like that from the 90s. But then you like you try to research them when they were in another part of the world. And it's like there's no information. Well, also, while I was looking it up, the developer Bit Laboratory popped up a couple times. But mm-hmm. like I couldn't find anything about them. So for I don't know game? if it's like a division of one of those... I don't know. know. Well, the publishers also varied by region. We had Pac-In Video in Japan, Natsume in North America, and Nintendo actually published the game in Europe. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to kick it off with uh, a little blurb from page three of the manual. So it says, you have two and a half years to turn things around. You bought the farm, so it's time to roll up your sleeves and try living off the fat of the land. Fresh air and the beauty of the outdoors will be fulfilling, but a successful farm needs a lot of working capital as well. 
There are buildings on your property, but they are in need of livestock. You have a modest house, but if things get lonely in the field, it's going to take a remodel to woo a female farming companion. Your challenge okay. is to dig in and build your life as a farmer from the ground up. How you manage will determine the outcome, but remember, you will always reap what you sow. Wow. Give that freaking translator a gold star. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, let's talk about the game itself. We So you're given a 20-page manual with your game. I think it's like 24 pages, and you're going to need it. Let me tell you, this game has a ton to learn and understand. Um, you won't get by just firing it up and winging it. You won't. And I will add nope. that... The game does have a pretty thorough demonstration. Uh, that's what they call it. You can watch it by selecting it from the main menu. You know, like you turn on any old game and it just like starts playing the game. You know, some computer is playing yeah. the game or whatever. It's pre-rendered footage. Um, but it's uh, that's pretty much what it is. And it's it's a very good tutorial of how to play. And I guess they knew that like you need to teach people how to play this brand new game, this brand new genre here. And, um, yeah. So your life consists of building up your farm so that it is a profitable means for you to live. This is done by growing and selling crops, raising livestock that will produce milk and eggs, etc. Meanwhile, you're making relationships with people in town, purchasing things you need like your first chicken and seeds or medicine because your cow is sick. This flow diagram in the manual uh, they give you is, it, it says establish yourself, earn money, expand your house, and farm. Then you either choose the bachelor life or you get married, and then you can even decide to have a baby, and then at the end of the flow chart it says the end question <laughs> mark. So I don't actually know what happens after you play two and a half years worth of um, Harvest Moon. Because it says you have two and a half years to turn things around. I don't know what happens at that point. Um, but the end question mark is interesting. I'm not sure if that means like... I don't know. I could speculate for, for a while on that. But <laughs> you, you turn the game on. You're given minimal introduction. You pretty much are just handed the keys to the farm. And you're ready to get started. You're given tools in your shed. And maybe a small amount of money. And that's it. So, the yeah. farm itself consists of a house. You can check the weather here for the following day, but not the current day. For some reason, the weatherman or lady is always talking about the weather for the next day. You check I the hated calendar. That. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, you so check dumb. check the calendar so you know what day it is of the season because each season is 30 days long. You sleep to regain stamina for the following day in your bed. You save the game here. That's your house. You have storage buildings for wood. You have um, wood will be used for fences, house expansion. There's the silo, which holds your grass, which will turn into feed for your livestock. You have the shed, you which was going to hold your tools and your seeds. Um, you can only hold two items at a time. Like, there's no, like, bag. And so... You're constantly switching in the slowest animation ever between the two items you're holding. <laughs> uh, when you want to switch your hammer for a watering can, you literally have to go back to the shed. It's kind of a nuisance, but it is what it mm -hmm. is. 
There's different pens for each animal. You've got the chicken coop, the cow barn, and the horse stable. You have the loading area. This is where you make your money. You are going to drop off your stuff that you want to sell. It's going to get picked up in the morning by the buyer, and then you'll get paid. Actually, that's not true. It gets picked up at night at like 5 p.m., 6 p.m. or something, and then, and then you um, get paid in the morning. You have crops. So there are four different crops you can grow. Some can be grown in summer, some in spring. You have to first plow the soil with your tool and then throw the seeds up in the air randomly and then water them daily. And then you have to pull each vegetable out of the ground, place it in the loading area one by freaking one. Um, grass also has to be grown, but not watered. Thank God. You do have to reap it when it is ready, though. So that's the drawback there. Um, mm -hmm. livestock you start by growing and selling crops until you can afford some crows I'm uh, not crows cows and chickens animals require <laughs> a lot of attention <laughs> um, animals require a lot of freaking attention you have to if you want to get more milk from your cows you got to make sure you're brushing those things daily your cows can get sick and you'll have to give them medicine chickens will produce eggs daily but you have to feed them daily you can hatch more chickens or you can sell the eggs uh, you also have a dog, which as far as I can tell is just for fun. He seems pretty useless. Yeah. Life outside the farm, you have... I will add that most things are closed on weekends, but you have the bar, which is open after 5 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Here you can buy Hell energy yeah. recovering <laughs> drinks because every single thing you do on your farm will drain your energy because there is a stamina system in place in this freaking game and you have to either sleep or drink to continue working there is the mayor's house which from the manual the only real thing that you need to do with the mayor's house is get to know his daughter wink wink <laughs> um the florist you can buy seeds and flowers you can um buy flowers so you can give them to women so you can woo them the church, you want to go on Sundays to meet lots of people, and it didn't say it in the manual, but I'm guessing you can woo them too. The fortune teller, she will teach you uh, what the women in town like, so you can woo them. The restaurant, you Ooh. can buy cake or flirt with the owner's daughter. The grocery store, nice. you can buy a milker or brush or, once again, flirt with the owner's daughter. <laughs> The livestock store. You can buy some feed, although it is way more expensive. You should just grow it yourself. Um, and you can buy medicine here. The public market open every Thursday, or I'm sorry, every Sunday. This one is actually pretty cool. It kind of gives you something to look forward to on Sundays. Um, you you buy unusual items here. You can sell things for more money than you would get from from the regular buyer. So the Sunday Sunday stuff is pretty cool, even though the whole town is like shut down on Sundays the mountain area okay so there's like three main areas of this game we talked about the farm where your house is we talked about the village or whatever and now there is the mountain area and it consists of the angler he's this dude who lets you borrow his fishing rod and you can either eat or sell the fish there's the carpenter's house where you can go to expand your house there's the summit which is just like this single screen top of a mountain um which if you don't read the manual you don't know what the heck's going on you're like what is this waste of space why am i here uh the manual says you can plant the seed of snow flower or you can plant the magic bean here 
Um, and there's a freaking magic beanstalk that'll pop up. I don't know what the snowflower does, but yeah, that's pretty neat. That's exciting. I'd had no idea. I also thought it was a waste of space. I was like, all right, pretty view, nice. I totally skipped something in my development history, but it, I just remembered it. Um, one thing that they... The reason there's like beanstalks and goddesses in this game is because they were trying to appeal to a broad audience so they wanted like even children to be interested in the game they wanted some fantasy elements um that's why there's like a freaking magic beanstalk in this very realistic game <laughs> um where was i the hot spring recovers stamina and you can also socialize i'm guessing some of those daughters come and hang out in the hot spring i don't know um <laughs> <laughs> the cave so this is cool. I was reading in the manual. After an earthquake, you can find unique items in here. So there is all kinds of natural disasters. There is freaking earthquakes, which I didn't experience. There is hurricanes, um, which a hurricane may F up your crops and cows if you left them outside to graze the night before. There's lightning that'll destroy a tree and reveal a secret underground passage. There's a lot of interesting stuff in this game. That's fun. Um, seasonal produce is the last thing for the mountain region. You can... Um, this is a good way to earn money at the beginning because it's free to pick up off the ground. It just requires a ton of walking. Um, yeah. There's a handful of events, festivals that take place each year and you can see different sites and meet different people. You know, some some events, depending on which path you choose, there's, like, fireworks going off or whatever. Um, and that's it. That's Harvest Moon. There's not a lot of story because you're pretty much making your own story. Yeah. That is probably why I don't like it as much as Harvestella. Look, there we go. I talked about it. <laughs> um, I'm going to... I'm gonna talk about my personal thoughts and experiences. Do you wanna do you wanna share yours from the from the short time you had with the game? Yeah, so I think I only played this game, I don't know, maybe three hours, maybe four hours, so like just kind of brush the surface. But um had I not had the hint that I needed the manual, I was just so very confused from yeah. the very beginning of the game. Because like the the main thing that you have to do before you can even like get back to your farm after like the mayor introduces you to people is like talk to all the people but you have to talk to them like behind the counter so it doesn't count if you just talk to them over the counter like the the, the, the shop assistants and oh whatnot you have to like actually go and talk to them so it's like i can't there's uh, there's some dude standing at like between the town and your farm and he's like well you should go talk to the villagers and i was like i did i don't know what you're talking about and then I'd go talk to him again. He's like, you got to talk to all the villagers. And I was like, I did. I don't get it. That's um, hilarious. So I had to look that one up. I had to look that up in like a walkthrough. He's like, be very specific. You need to talk to these people. And if you talk to them, they'll give you this. And you need this in order to go back to your farm. And I was like, okay, great. That would have been fantastic. So that took me like an hour and a half. <laughs> Figure that one out. Um, and then let's see. The other thing is looks really nice. It's not the brightest game I've ever seen, but it is pretty. It's yeah, bright work. I Great. agree with that. Um, and then planting the seeds. Uh, I did not realize that 
you could plant it in like three by three squares. So as soon as I got out the door, I like, I don't know, tilled the land or whatever. And then I planted the seeds that they give you, the free seeds that they give you that you need in a one square spot. (laughs) And then I couldn't go back. So that was my experience with the first one. Also, the dog is very cute. (laughs) Yeah, this game, there's no, you really have to read, man. I I can't stress it enough. If you're considering firing this up on Nintendo Switch Online, first of all, they don't even give you the manual on Nintendo Switch Online, but if you Google PDF Harvest Moon SNES manual, like, it's there. Um, Or you could be like Hannah and check out a walkthrough. I'm sure that would be even easier, and you'd probably get more tips as well. Yep, I would recommend that. Um, Yeah. I played three different nights for a total of like four hours, four hours, 15 minutes. Um, this game for a Super Nintendo game is insanely thorough. It's crazy how much there is to do. I played through the first season. I think it was spring and it was 30 days long. And I played the first few days of summer before I decided I was done, ready to move on to the next Harvest Moon game. The uh-huh. days in this game are so freaking short you are sprinting everywhere you go to try and get things done in a timely manner but i think each day lasts about five real life minutes i was Hmm. i was like sweating i was like how am i gonna get all this crap done (laughs) i mean it's just like people have always called harvest moon a cozy game and i'm just like Okay, I gotta make sure I get to the freaking shop before it closes, but I also have to put my crops in this bucket. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Nice. So you wake up, you go water your 30 crops, one by freaking one. Then you feed your chickens. One square of feed per chicken, not bad. Then you brush your cows. I didn't get any cows in my four hours. Then you go into town to buy some seeds or flirt with one of the 15 daughters in the game. Uh, you have to talk to the fortune teller to figure out what each woman wants, but the fortune teller closes at 5 p.m. And you also need to go to the store, which closes at 5 p.m. And you make sure you sell all the things you want to sell before the buyer comes to pick up everything in your box or else you won't get paid that day. Oh, and if tomorrow is Sunday, everything is closed, so you have to wait an additional day if you didn't get to see everyone you wanted to see. This game is a freaking grind. That's funny. This game is a grind. If you want to make progress in two and a half years, you really have to like have your objectives written down and remember what all it is that you're trying to accomplish because there is so much stuff that can distract you. Like, I mean, playing this game in 2023, if you get a text message, by the time you reply to that text, the day is over if you didn't pause the game. Like, the <laughs> days are so short and it was so stressful. Um... See, now, when I was playing it, I did not experience that. Yeah, the it, night approaches really quickly, but there's no end. You can just keep going as long as you, like, replenish your stamina. Yeah. I was running around. I mean, everything's closed, and it sucks, but you can still run around like crazy. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. It's like, I don't know if... Like, is my character not getting enough sleep if I stay up too late? Is that a thing? Is it, is the game that realistic? I couldn't tell. Um, but you're right. Like, if you can... You you have to kind of play for a couple hours, figure out how to 
to um, prioritize things and you say, okay, I'm going to feed my chickens, but I'm going to wait until after I take care of everything I need to do at the store because it closes at 5 p.m. Um, you, you have to feel it out, learn. Um, I, I honestly could have written a list of my daily chores so I didn't forget. There's so much to do. <laughs> and it, it's like some chores can wait until after 5, like you said. Um, it's almost like you need 5 hours to learn the game and then kind of start from scratch when you actually know how to play so you don't waste a bunch of time. Um, yeah. I, I think above all, the game and the tasks felt so monotonous and I didn't feel like I was getting the fulfillment out of completing these tasks that the manual said I would. Um, it says fresh air and the beauty of the outdoors will be fulfilling. I didn't feel that. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay, so the, the other thing I have to mention is this game is definitely going to take more than the four hours we put in to get a complete understanding of it. Like, I'm not denying that at all. Because it took me two or three hours to get a chicken, okay? It takes a lot of time <laughs> at the beginning to save up money at first. Um, yeah. And then after you get the chicken, like, and you start getting the hang of things, money starts coming in more steady after that. You have daily eggs to sell. Your chickens start freaking duplicating because you, you put an egg <laughs> over here and it's like, oh, now I have two, three, four chickens. Um, but it's a grind. Uh, it took me the whole first season, 30 days worth, to, to really understand what was going on. Um, and this is someone who read the manual before even turning the game on. Like, I, I, <laughs> I did my research. Um, I'd say if you're interested in this game, you need to commit about five to six hours before you can really decide if you like it. I was finally starting to get the hang of it, and I really, truly have no interest in going back to it, especially after playing magical melody which we'll talk about in a little while mm-hmm. um just wrote that you you really got to read the manual i've stressed that more than enough uh it has the price of crops it has every item you'll find in the game uh with a very detailed description and it's a lot of items it's a very good manual for sure hmm yeah, I did not look at the manual, and I kind of regret not looking at the manual. You know, I figured I was an expert already when I played Harvestella. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, but, like, the core mechanics are the same throughout the entire series. And with just farming things in general. Yeah, you got your feed, you got to feed your chickens, your cows, or whatever the animals are, and you got to plant crops and go from there. But it's like, the, these this game specifically is so intricate, and it's like life simulation as well as farming does yeah. that make sense yeah like the yeah. whole relationship getting married kind of thing is so intricate and detailed especially when you get later on in the series it's crazy yeah the gamecube well i'm not even gonna jump ahead um i guess the last thing i wrote was one of the last few days i played before shutting it down was a hurricane had blown through my farm because it was summer I step outside and half my crops are gone. There's a ton of new debris I gotta clean up. And I actually, like, I, for the first time, I felt some kind of, like, opposition in the game. And it, like, I didn't hate it. You know, it was like, okay, everything is, not everything is all peachy in this game. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It felt like life for a minute where things don't always go right. <laughs> um, yeah. 
But yeah, straight up, if you leave your cows out because you, you, you let them graze in the grass the night before and then you get a hurricane, they're gone. They're, they flew gone. away just gone like so. you would see in like a, a movie. <laughs> Ugh. Tragic. It really is a tragedy. So what did you play after the Super Nintendo game? So I played Harvest Moon 64, which I think you said it is like the pinnacle of 3D Harvest Moon games, but I don't know. I don't know. I played two other ones. I I was trying to say that he he got to put everything he wanted into the game in this one, but he didn't get to do it in the Super Nintendo one. Gotcha. That makes sense. So a little bit about it. Um, It was developed by Victor Interactive Software. We've talked about them a bunch, um, which would then go on to be Marvelous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then also Toy Box. I don't know if you saw that when booting up your game. It's it's a division of Victor Software. So I can actually chime in. Um, That was the company after... After they got a couple Harvest Moon games under their belts, that's what they decided to call themselves. Um, the the main guy Wada, who who made the first one, he he and his team started calling themselves Toy Box. Oh, okay, because I did all this research and then I started sixty four and I was like Toy Box, God damn it, where do they fit in? <laughs> but okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so we're good. Um, published by Packin Video in Japan and Natsume Incorporated in the U.S. Did not release. Uh, and as a PAL game, sorry, no European Harvest Moon 64 is out there. So sorry. That one sucks. Came out, I said this earlier, February 5th of 1999 in Japan and December 22nd, 1999 over here in the States. It is the third game in the series after Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy, but it's technically the second game in the series. Right. Um, and then also heard this, which would have been helpful for me. It's going to release on Nintendo Switch Online imminently sometime in the future, but the exact date is to be announced, uh, but only in Japan. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Sweet. I would have been so convenient if it was already <laughs> on Nintendo Switch Online. If, I think I've talked about this before, but, like, all of my collection and all my games and stuff are packed away in, like, boxes stacked ceiling high in my parents' like loft area. Um, so I had to dig through... Many a bins to find not the co- not only the console, the game, the controller, and then the cords, which I somehow stupidly put in five different bins, <laughs> like an idiot. You're a real always one, pack man. your games. You, you could have quit <laughs> and controllers any it together. <laughs> Ugh, that was so stupid. But anyway, that has nothing that that does not overshadow my opinion of the game at all. Maybe a little, but like only a little bit. So. Fun fact, the characters in these games are said to be descendants of the characters from the Super Nintendo game, which is interesting. Oh, that's cool. Uh, And then these same characters are also reused in Harvest Moon Back to Nature uh, and Friends of Mineral Town. Hmm. It's the same peoples. Nice. Uh, This game is technically 2.5D, and you can actually change the angle of the games or of the game while while you're playing it. So it, it looks more 3D. Hmm. Which is cool. Didn't know that until I watched a walkthrough of it. So, um, as far as gameplay goes, you're playing in this game as the male character. You can't change it. Later on in the series, there are female versions of the games. And then later on in like the story seasons, you can actually pick whatever gender you want, which is fun. But this one you play as Pete, I think is his actual name. 
uh, but you can change it to whatever you want. Um, same farming as the other games, different seeds grow in different seasons, blah, 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 lots of crops to grow. Um, when you get to your farm, you clear the rocks, the grass, the stumps, you till the land, you plant the seeds, you water seeds, and then you watch the plants grow. All super fun. But unlike the first game, there is a limited amount of time in the day, so eventually the game will make you go to bed. Huh. You just you go to bed. Day's over. You don't get a choice. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you'll eventually run out of stamina. Uh, you can also forge for wild items, go mining, fishing too. The time of the day is super important. Like you said, some of the stores close, blah, blah, blah. But this one has, like, more intricate festivals. Uh, so you can, like, interact with the villagers and, like, the women that you're trying to romance and all that kind of stuff. So nice. there's races. There's dog races and horse races. And they will do better depending on how like great your bond is like the more you pet them or play with them blah 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 the better they'll do which is cool um you also raise cows sheeps chickens they require food care to grow blah 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 blah. they get sick medicine don't leave them outside or they'll die um and the horse and the dog is actually a throwback to the first game i don't know it's the second game in the series so i don't know how it can be a throwback but that's what (laughs) that's how it was mentioned uh let's see Marriage in this game is a thing, too. You talked about it. There's five eligible women that you can romance and grow your bond. There are not very specific uh, signs to the fact that you're, like, doing a good job. It's very subtle, so there's a little heart in the bottom of the uh, dialogue box that comes up when you're talking to them. So the order of the heart depends or determines how far along you are in your bond. So there's a white heart, a blue heart. Green, yellow, and then pink. And then I think once you get to the pink, then you can marry them after giving them a blue feather, I believe it is. Uh, And then you can have a child with them. And being in a a marriage is apparently, I watched a a walkthrough of it because I hadn't gotten to that point yet, but I wanted to talk about it. He says that marriage in the game is just as important as having money. And having bonds with the villagers is just as important as like doing well on the farm, which is interesting. So you can interact with your wife. You have to interact with your wife or she will leave your ass, which makes sense, (laughs) right? Just in life. She will make you food for your birthday. It's super fun. Uh, She can also take, uh, I don't know, control of some of the things on the farm. Like she can feed the chickens or water the crops. So you don't have to do that. Um, So it's, you know, partner in crime. Uh, And then she raises your child. And your child, if you play it right, can grow up to be a toddler. So you can do that. I don't know if they'll work for you on the farm. I don't think so. I think they're just they're just a child running around. But the wife does help out on the farm. The wife will help out on the farm, yes. Very depends cool. the role that she does, I think depends on which one that you choose. Interesting. But I didn't look at the specifics. And also, happy wife, happy life. So when your wife is getting ready to go to bed, your ass better be getting in bed. <laughs> she doesn't want to sleep alone or she will leave your ass. So there's so many it's so intricate. Like you do this you stay up too late too many times and your wife is gonna freaking leave you gone that's awesome you don't talk to your wife give her presents interact with her she's leaving she's taking her child and running (laughs) (laughs) so very interesting there um in this game they added a rucksack which is like your inventory that you can carry with you thank god Uh, so you don't have to carry you switch out your items to your two items back and forth every time which is a nightmare um you can stash them in your backpack, but you can't, ex- there's eight spots and you cannot expand how many spots you have. 
which kind of sucks, but eight spots is still a lot, if you ask me. The only time when it was ever a problem is that your uh, crops don't stack. So you pick eight pieces of, or you get eight strawberries, it's going to take up your whole inventory. So that's a little unfortunate, but uh, you can also use your horse as a shipping box or just put the stuff in the shipping box, which is right next to it. So it's not really that big of a deal, which was nice. This game also has a toolbox, which I know you mentioned earlier, but you can also store food in a fridge and cabinets, which nice. is nice. You don't have to have everything on your person all the time. And then I don't think you mentioned this, but greenhouses are a thing in this game. What's that? So in other Harvest Moon games, I think, I don't know anything about the Game Boy, but you can't grow crops in winter. They just won't grow. So it makes winter like very boring, very monotonous, but with the introduction of greenhouses, oh. you can grow any vegetable you want anytime. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that, that was, that was in added. the GameCube one that I played, which means it got removed. That's unfortunate. Interesting. Cuz it's your greenhouse is huge. You can grow so many crops in there. It looks so tiny and small like on the map, like on your overview of your map but it's freaking huge inside you can grow mm. anything you want in there it's crazy <laughs> also i mentioned this strawberries are a thing now it's not just like radishes and whatever else you get strawberries which is fun and then you mentioned weather and you mentioned hurricanes and earthquakes but in this game i don't know if it's in the first one you get typhoons wow which yeah which i think is just a super rainy season i don't know much about the weather but anyway it can blow all your shit away like nice. greenhouse you just made a greenhouse you paid thirteen thousand for a greenhouse <laughs> gone destroyed holy not crap. there uh-huh so that's really unfortunate also be careful where you leave your cattle and your chickens because they will die or get sick if you leave them outside during any weather event uh, I did look it up because I was curious if there was a way to avoid typhoons. So apparently the weather in the Harvest Moon games is completely random. So if you wake up one morning and you go to the TV and it says, oh, there's going to be a typhoon, just don't save, close the game, and then go back in, and it'll <laughs> probably be something different. Wow. So if you're smart, you can avoid the typhoons. You can just have a sunny day every day. Every single day. Although, rainy days are good, too, because they water your crops. Oh, I love that But they also kill your so livestock. <laughs> so be careful. Uh, there are also collectible items in this game. When the player reaches a certain milestone or achieves several different kind of goals, I didn't look up the specifics, but they will receive a commemorative photograph uh, in the mail to remember the event. That's in which fun. case, you put it inside a photo album next to your bed, um, and it kind of helps you track your success in the game. Like nice. I said, there's not really a lot of ways to, like, show your stats, but that is one way. Um, you can also mark events on the calendar by using, like, little symbols and stuff. So if there's a festival that you want to remember that's coming up in two weeks, you can write it down uh, in your little calendar using, like, a little symbol. Let's see what else. Uh, also, I know you mentioned that you don't know exactly what happens after the two and a half years. So it's called the evaluation, or if that's what it was referred to in the walkthrough that I was reading. Ooh. Evaluation day. So in uh, this version, it takes place at the end of the third year, 
which is only 268 in-game days. So it's not like over a thousand what it should be. So I don't know if that makes any sense. Maybe they had it wrong in the walkthrough, but that's what it said. Mm. Uh, there's a good ending or several good endings and then there's a bad ending. But apparently it's very, very, very difficult to get the bad ending unless you just like sit there in your house all day <laughs> or like outside all day on the farm doing absolutely nothing. In your rocking chair with a straw hat on. Exactly. Just petting your dog or whatever. So <laughs> if you do not get the bad ending and you, in fact, get one of the many good endings after the credits roll, you can continue to play on your farm, on your save file for a very long time, but not an infinite amount of time because the year will not ever exceed 99. Huh. So I don't know what happens at year 99. Maybe it's just like... Yay, you won! I I don't know. Like, like credits roll. Is there an unavoidable typhoon? I don't know. But it won't (laughs) go past that year. And then, without going into too much detail, because there are many, many things that can happen depending on, like, who you marry and how many chickens you have and how much milk you sold, blah, 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 blah. Um, The different endings depend on, like, the bond you have with everybody. If you're married or not, blah, 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 whatever that is. Um... It's like sometimes your dad, your dad will come and he'll be like, he'll walk by the chicken coop and be like, wow, son, that's a lot of chickens. Good job. Or like whatever it is. <laughs> I don't, I didn't write down the specifics, but if you get the bad ending, you will not get a chance to go back and play in your save file again. So it's just done. Gone. That's harsh. That's what I thought. It's like, dang, I put all that time into it. That's Super pretty harsh. Well, maybe not that much time. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think. What else is different? Greenhouses, blah, 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 blah. Oh, there's also uh, no blacksmith in the game. I don't know if there was one in the first one. Maybe not. But blacksmiths are a thing like later on in the series. Yeah, uh, so no. your tools will upgrade themselves. There was none of that in the Super Nintendo game. So the more you use your tools, the more experience they gain and the more leveled up they do so instead of one square you can do three squares and then three squares goes to four squares and then that goes to like nine squares wherever it is you can upgrade your tools to uh make farming more efficient there's also recipes that you need to gather in this game uh next to your kitchen there's like a little recipe book and i think the specific number was 35 and you unlock these recipes by triggering different events uh, and giving certain items to certain characters oh so there's like another thing you can there's some cooking you can do in that game I don't think you can actually cook. I think you just collect the recipes in your kitchen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think. I did not get that far, but I think that's it. Uh, Let's see. Also, just a cool thing that I was watching, like, a review of it. So there are lots of tricks to this game. Like I said, the series is very more intricate than I think we could ever experience in the four or five hours that we played. Yeah. Um. But as I said, you gain experience every time you use your tools. And the fun thing about that, though, is, like, you don't have to swing it specifically at, like, a crop or, like, at grass. Like, you don't have to use your hammer to hit a rock. You can just use your hammer to hit nothing, and you gain experience. Which is every time you click the button to use it, you gain experience. That's pretty freaking awesome. So, uh, you can go inside of a house or any kind of building, because time doesn't... uh, progress inside of a house so you can infinitely swing your weapons inside a house 
without any time passing at all. What about stamina? So that's that's the kicker. So you will get fatigued though, but there is a wine uh, cellar in town. So if you go into the basement of like the wine place, you can get free wine, which will increase your stamina so that or lower your fatigue le- level, I guess, which we should talk about in a second. They're different things. Um, and you can just do it infinitely until you max out all of your uh, tools. And if this was a modern game, it would have been patched out so quick. Yep, so that is something that's really fun that people found. And then another thing, so as I'm talking about you drinking wine, there's a hidden stat in the game, uh, which is alcohol tolerance. So <laughs> the more wine you drink, <laughs> the like the more tolerant you are to alcohol. And then at some point during like festivals and like New Year's, the point, like the goal of that whole celebration is for like you to outdrink all of the villagers and if you increase this <laughs> hidden stat you will indeed outdrink all the villagers and it's like i don't think you get anything for it but it's like yay you did it you know i just had to google the uh esrb rating on this game it is e and it is use of alcohol and tobacco yes you're drinking all of the things i think there's even liquor in this game too drinking <laughs> liquor and beer and wine lovely so it's there's just so many little intricate things that you would not discover unless you've played this game over and over and over and over again. Wow. And then there's another thing which I thought was really cool. So like I said earlier, you can mine inside of a mountain. And later this function will have something else to do uh, with like items and stuff, which I'll talk about when I get there. The next game that I'm playing. But there's a mountain. You can go inside of it. You can mine and you'll get like special items, like rare items that you can sell for a lot of money. Or you can give them to specific characters, uh, which is also really important. Give anything and any everything and anything and everything to a character just to see what happens. You know, you got a leaf, go give it to that person. You got a, you got a flower, go give it to that person because it'll change the outcome of like, they'll be like, oh, thank you. Or like sometimes they'll give you an item, which is important. If you're mining in this mountain, you get like a blue stone. Uh, and if you give this blue stone or blue mineral to this one old man in this shop, he will paint one of like the decorative pots in his place and he'll give it to you and then you can put flowers in it on your kitchen table. But that's the only way to get this pot from this old man. That's insane. Is to give him this one blue rock that you find while mining. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, And then some fun facts just because it's interesting. So Pete, which is the the main character, the dude who's on the cover with this with this hat and then his little poof hair sticking out of the back, out of the little hole. Um, his cap is green on the U.S. box art and all the ox, the artworks with it, but it's blue in the game. Interesting. You know? Uh, and on the game's title screen, Natsume is misspelled Natume, so it's no missing the S, way. which is funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then the push to start push the start button at the beginning of the game push start is misspelled to push the start um and a super extra fun fact about that is this game was released on the wii virtual console <laughs> and the title screen is still the same way like they didn't fix it Heck and you yeah. can see it push the start also a lot of things because i think this game was like kind of rushed out uh, a lot of things don't make a lot of sense like the translating wasn't quite right like i think 
I read that your father, when he comes on evaluation day, and it's the bad ending, instead of saying, like, oh, you did this too quickly or whatever, it says, oh, you're too young. But it's really supposed to be like, oh, you, you kind of rushed through the process and you didn't get as much stuff done as you wanted. So that's mm-hmm. just just another one of those things. Um, also, the Japanese version of the game actually has a menu screen, which will show you all of your stats. How many photos you have, the number of crops sh- uh, shipped, milk shipped, eggs, what the animals, heck? fish caught, blah, 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 as well as money and recipes that you've acquired. Um, but I guess apparently uh, due to text limitations, the screen does not exist in the U.S. version. What the heck? So it's just like a big old guess where you <laughs> are with everything. So a lot of these stats are totally hidden. Not in the Japanese version, though, just in the U.S. version. You really got to rely on that photo is... album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there is no uh, on-screen clock or on-screen like stamina or fatigue gauge. It's all... Uh, you have to pause it, and then you can see the clock. You still can't see your fatigue or stamina gauge. Um, but you know it's there because after like every few swings of your hammer or whatever crops that you pick, your character will show like a little animation of him like wiping his hat or like wiping his sweat off his hat or like falling down or whatever. So you know you're getting progressively more fatigued as you go. That's cool. But it doesn't say it. Yeah, it was interesting. So... Like you said, it being super duper stressful, you have to like be on your shit all the time and know exactly where you're going, exactly what you're doing, because the days end so quickly. And like unlike the other one, the days actually end in this one. It'll force you to go to bed. Oh, yeah. Um, so you have to be like on your shit, know exactly what you're doing. And then it's more, I read or I watched the walkthrough of it, it says it is the most fast-paced Harvest Moon and the most unforgiving. So, like, if you mess up or you do something bad, like, you're stuck with it. Dang. You piss off that one girl, you're, you know, it's so super-duper hard to get, like, that level back. Um, you can also, like I said, lose, like, your bond. You can do something stupid or do something bad or, like, leave your wife outside in the rain or something stupid like that, and it'll decrease the bond. And it's also incredibly difficult, incredibly slow. Like, uh, he was saying it took him, like, almost three seasons to even increase the bond of some of these people. So it takes a very, very, very long time. Man. Unless you do it, like, every day and are super good with it. Let's see. Uh, I think that's kind of it. Fishing is also very difficult. It's one of those things where you put your bobber in and then you have to... Get it as soon as the bobber moves in the water. Very difficult. And it feels like such a waste of time when you miss it. Dang. It's super annoying. Uh, This game is much more colorful than the Super Nintendo game. It's obviously in 3D, so it looks... I don't know if it's aged super well. It doesn't look super bad. It looks very much like, like Super Mario 64 has aged. It's still a great game, but it does look a little old. Polygonal. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, looks a little polygonal, but the characters are really cute. They're more like chibi kind of things. They got big heads, tiny little bodies. Very cute. Also, your dog runs around and he pees on things. That's just a fun little thing. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't kill your crops or anything, I don't think. (laughs) He just goes around and he'll pee on a rock if it's in your field. Uh, The environment is much more immersive and inviting. There's like cute little creatures running around, like cats and dogs, obviously. And you can pick them up, and they're cute. There's also snakes, bunnies out in the wild. 
and then it is not explained, but power berries are super important. They will allow you to do more things without tiring out. Uh, there's a blue power berry that will make it so you don't get tired as fast in the rain. Um, and power berries in general just increase your stamina so you can do more things during the day without getting tired. Nice. Yeah, that's a big upgrade for sure. There there was a way to increase it in Super Nintendo, um, but the manual was kind of secretive about it. It's like it wanted you to talk to the right person and figure it out on your own. Sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's pretty much all I got for that. It was fun, but it was very, very fast-paced. Uh, I will tell you that the games get much, much, much more forgiving <laughs> later on. <laughs> I think they realize that not everyone wants to be go to work for eight hours, get super stressed about that, and then come home and get super stressed about some more work. <laughs> <laughs> kind of toned it down a little bit. Yeah. the I have a fun fact. The, uh, the N64, the box... It's the only N64 game out of 296 games where they messed up and it's backwards on the spine. So you can fix it by easily just turning the box over, but it's just funny. Like that one will always be opposite of the rest of your games if you choose to to put it that way on your shelf. That is really funny. Just wow. Along with Way all the other go. stuff, that's that an anatomy thing. Yeah, was, <laughs> along with all the other stuff that you said, the minute the the minor things, it's like maybe it was rushed out. Yeah, I feel like it was fine in Japan, but then when it came to like getting it over here, it seemed like just things were messy. Oh, and also this is just a criticism of like all three D games, but like when you're planting and. And harvesting things you have to be like exactly square with it for it to oh, work so you yeah. can't do it on a diagonal which is unfortunate that was like my only gripe with it i accidentally swung my hammer or whatever too many times into nothingness did you enjoy it enough that you're gonna go back and keep playing it or are you done um no i'm good <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't not enjoyable i just prefer things with more of a story like, I've never really liked simulations at all. That's why I don't like Animal Crossing or, like, yeah. uh, Sims or anything like that. It's just not very enjoyable to me. All right, my next one is Harvest Moon Magical Melody. And I pulled up the timeline real quick. I wanted to see how many games passed between 64 and this one. I think it's quite a few. So we have Harvest Moon 2 on Game Boy Color. Uh, we have Harvest Moon Back to Nature, which is the PlayStation game. This mm-hmm. one was from my my interview, the, the GDC conference thing. This one is actually like a, uh, a port of, I think, Harvest Moon 2. I think it's N64 game brought to PlayStation, but it's not a direct port. They added a bunch of stuff to it. Hmm. Didn't know that. Harvest Moon 3 Game Boy Color, and then we have... Another PlayStation game that apparently only released in Japan, the farm story Harvest Moon for for Girl. Okay. (laughs) It's just the same setting and gameplay as Harvest Moon Back to Nature, but with a female character. Anyways, I don't need to go into the nitty gritty here. We have Harvest Moon Save the Homeland. We have Friends of Mineral Town on GBA. I know that's a really popular one. Then there is A Wonderful Life. Then we have more Friends of Mineral Town, and then we have another Wonderful Life. Holy crap, man, where's my game? 
How far down are we going here? Told you. Okay, so then Harvest, lot. Harvest Moon DS, and then finally Harvest Moon Magical Melody. So we are skipping ahead quite a bit. But honestly, mo the, the core mechanics are the same. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. I own this on the GameCube and also on the Wii. I checked the meta scores for both and I decided to go ahead and play the GameCube release. It was significantly higher. It was like 15 points or something. Um, wow. I played this one for five and a half hours. My last session was three hours by itself. That was just yesterday, so it's still fresh on my mind. Um, released in, on the GameCube in Japan, November 2005, here in march 2006 so the wii was right around the corner at this point and europe and australia didn't even get the game until it came out on the wii in 2008 uh developed by marvelous interactive published by marvelous in japan natsume north america there mm -hmm. was a european release planned for the gamecube version and it was gonna be published by rising star games who you mentioned earlier for briefly Yep. Um, they they commissioned an updated version be brought to the Wii instead. And I'm thinking they probably were like, hey, you know, if North America got it in 2006 in March, Europe and Australia were probably getting it later than that. And they were probably like, look, the Wii is like around the corner. We're not going to waste our time. Just, just make us a better updated version for the Wii. That makes um, sense. It does. That's my theory. They ended up getting the Wii version before anyone else. And then Nintendo of Europe remained as the distributor for the game. Nice. This game, uh, the other fun fact I have for you, this game takes 57 blocks on your GameCube memory card, which is an entire gray GameCube memory card. Holy moly. Jesus, really? I can't believe it. I think that might be... Unless somebody knows of any others, that might be the GameCube memory, the, the GameCube game that takes up the most blocks. Wow. I think, yeah. Does Animal Crossing come even close to that, if you know off the top of your head? It's got to come close to it since it included its own memory card. Mm, good, that's a good point. Forgot about that. Um... So the big difference here between the two games we've talked about and this one is there is a freaking story, and it's nothing crazy, but let's talk about it. You are introduced to the Harvest Goddess at the very beginning in a really, really strange cutscene where you see her depressed because townspeople stop believing in her. Uh, typical RPG nonsense, right? The Harvest Sprites are determined to save her, but only certain people can see these sprites. Uh, there's this dude, Jamie, who they found visiting the stone goddess in her cave. And when he saw the sprites, the sprites were like, whoa, you can see us. And Jamie decided that he was going to commit to saving the goddess for whatever reason. Uh, Jamie is just this pissed off kid. I don't, I don't, the story's weird, man. The sprites continue searching for people <laughs> that can see them. And they come to your door, the player's door, and one day, and they're like, whoa, you can see us? And um, very strange cutscene. Nothing makes sense. Like, you're telling me that these freaking little elf-looking sprites are just going door-to-door -door waiting for someone to to actually be able to see them. It's a weird... It doesn't make any sense. 
so they show you the goddess and they ask for your help and that's where your adventure begins the weirdest thing to me is this dude Jamie becomes your rival for whatever reason and uh, he's your rival for who can save the goddess I don't understand why but he just like hates your guts and he wants to save her without your help I don't know man um, alrighty then Throughout the game, you get music notes, which is pretty similar to what you were talking about on 64, where you get those little achievements. Um, yeah. Because they made it into the story in this one, where you there's 100 total music notes, and if you can get 50 of them, um, then it'll allow you to beat the game at that point and create a magical melody with the music notes. Oh, that's exciting. But what they, the way you earn them is doing like random tasks. You know, you don't even know what you're you're doing sometime, and it'll be like, oh, you earned a music note for walking ten thousand steps. And so Yay! there's all kinds of little things like you would see in um, a regular achievement system. But they use it to to uh, you know beat the game in this game. But I'm going to try not to go into too much depth with the things you just talked about. There is a few more things that were added aside from just the story to this game. Uh, pretty much everything gameplay-wise carries over all the way from the Super Nintendo. Um, I don't think there are any natural disasters, hurricanes, certainly no typhoons. I didn't see any in the <laughs> manual. Um, the new livestock was sheep, but you had sheep as well, so that's not new. There's ore... The fishing was pretty good. It, it was way easier than what you described. Like it was like you, I, it's not you're not in a rush at all. Like you get an exclamation point and then you start pushing the X button and then boom, you got your fish and it's pretty easy. easy. Thank God there's a rucksack, like you said. Um, something I don't think you had in your game. On top of finding 50 music notes to beat the game, you also have to befriend these wild animals that literally range from a cat to a freaking monkey, and I even saw a shark, okay? They're just, like, hanging around town, minding their own business, and you can, like, the same way you can meet people in town and, like, raise your heart level with them, you can do that with these animals. You have to do that with these animals, and it requires a lot of in-game research, but you have to, like, find out their favorite foods and cook it for them. And it's just one more layer of depth that this game adds. It's crazy. A shark is just hanging around in town? He was hanging around the, the water <laughs> in the outside of town. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if he was, like, sitting at a bar store, stool at the bar, or what? <laughs> it's very strange. Um, I... I didn't mess with it in the five and a half hours or whatever I played of it. Um, you Okay, so to continue, you have to purchase more property in this game. And you have to pay for that property to be constructed on, like with money and materials. Um, you're not given a barn, for instance. One of the first things I had to save up for was a barn so that I could have a place just to keep my cows. But before I could even buy the barn, I had to buy a piece of property. So it's a lot different in that regard. Ooh, that is different. Just another thing to buy, gosh darn it. <laughs> um, at the start, this was interesting. You can tell me if you experienced this in 64, but you get to choose where your house is located. 
Oh, no, not a thing. Ours, ours was all preset. There's like a few open pieces of property and um, they each have their own advantage or whatever and you get to choose your house and where it's located and I thought that was pretty neat. That is fun. Uh, there's furniture. You can furnish your house. You can go to the carpenter and have him say, I want this couch. Make it for me. Here's the money and material. Um, I think it's just for looks. Maybe some of the furniture actually serves a purpose. Like there was, There's definitely a refrigerator and a shelf like you had mentioned with the fridge and cabinet in your game. Yeah. Um, so that's helpful. There is no... Well, there might be a blacksmith. There, you can definitely upgrade tools with money and materials. I don't know if it's necessarily a blacksmith. But that's a big win for this game. Because, let me tell you, you start out with iron level tools. And I tried to knock down a tree with an axe. And it took 16 hits. And that was my Ooh. stamina for like the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 10 a.m. and I'm going to bed. Oof. That's rough. Um... Was there was there lumber in your game? Yes. Lumber is a pretty big deal. Um, you can chop it in by knocking down a tree, like I just said. Or there's tree stumps all over the place. You can cut those up. Um, the big win, the biggest win possibly, is that the days are so much longer, and mm there's an actual clock on the screen which the super nintendo did not have so you always know what time it is um and there was no forced bedtime like you had there was no curfew or whatever that was <laughs> it just directly to bed do not pass go there are meals to be cooked uh that's why i was asking about your recipes it sounds like they were headed to this in the 64 game but there are meals galore they all require different uh recipes different you know you can have meals with fish fruit any kind of meat well no not not meat there's no you're not killing cows in this game but <laughs> fish. slaughtering the cows <laughs> <laughs> um and the festivals are very much improved like you said i think one of them is a horse racing event and if i actually had a horse i would have been able to like do a horse racing mini game and that would have been fun my personal experience um if you thought the super nintendo game was in depth this game is insane you can you can play this game for hundreds of hours like there's literally so much to do once again the manual is a must you once again get next to no in-game explanation so i read the manual for a good 15 minutes before i started um and i referenced it a lot like there's so much good information in there it's like I don't know. I never was like a walkthrough user, but it's how I imagined people would like play freaking Ocarina of Time and just have the freaking uh, official Nintendo guide next to them. Like it, it, the manual was a, a good piece of reference material to have close by. I wish I had referenced the manual a little bit more, but I did not. Um, the game feels a lot closer to animal crossing in the sense that you actually want to meet your neighbors and develop relationships you also have a heart meter for each person that you meet to show how good of a relationship you developed with them no more guessing i found myself enjoying this game more than the original but honestly after five and a half hours i really have no interest in going back 
That seems the to be soundtrack the is really good. That is definitely the consensus. The soundtrack was really solid in both games. Um, it was incredibly repetitive in this game. I understand that, like, Animal Crossing is incredible because it changes the music every hour. And if I would have had that in this game, it would have been so nice playing for three hours not. straight yesterday. I didn't know that. It's pretty freaking nice. I guess we're spoiled over there in Animal Crossing because that's a lot of different soundtracks. Um, but yeah. Hmm. And, I, and speaking of Animal Crossing, like I was trying to figure out what sets this series apart for me from Animal Crossing. Like, why do I enjoy that but not this? Um, I couldn't quite place my finger on it. Animal Crossing is like far less work and less commitment. Um, the days in Animal Crossing last way longer because they use real time. The tasks feel less monotonous to me. The tasks, like, they have a faster payout. If I walk around shaking trees for 15 minutes, all that fruit is going to be sold immediately to Tom Nook and I'll get paid instantly. <laughs> We're digging holes for bells. Yes. Yeah. Harvest Moon, like I said before, it really makes me feel like I need to get a pen and paper out and start laying out my daily chores so I don't get distracted. You're, like, working against the clock. Even when there's way more time in this game, I still am working against the clock each day. And it just it's not a relaxing experience like I always expected Harvest Moon to be. This, to me, was like the poster child of, of cozy gaming. And I've... I have not felt cozy in this game. <laughs> I'm, I have not been relaxed in either game that I played. I agree wholeheartedly. I don't know why I thought this was like a laid... I just, I guess, assumed all farming games were laid back. I don't know. I just maybe based well, on Animal Crossing. look at the cover Crossing. art. Yeah? The cover art is like, look how cute we are. Don't you want to just come and freaking hang out and, and relax after work? Not That's at not all. not at all the no. experience I received. No. Definitely not. But you played a game that doesn't have Harvest Moon in the title, and I'm excited to hear about that. Yes, I have. So, I played Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. Now, like I said earlier, had I known that this was a remake of an older Harvest Moon game, I would have liked to have played a newer Harvest Moon game, just so we can compare, but you know what, too little, too late. And I will probably never do that. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> so Friends of Mineral Town is the first Story of Seasons game on the Switch. It's the third main game uh, in the mainline series, being after the Switch of being named Story of Seasons uh, for the international market. It came out July 14th, 2020, also came to the Xbox One, PS4, Xbox Series X, and S. Uh, this is a remake of Harvest Moon Friends of Mineral Town and Harvest Moon More Friends of Mineral Town, which is the female uh, version of the game. So you can play as a, a girl in that one. Um, same game, just, you know, different gender. Um, this is a combination of both games. So I don't know if that means that it's just a combination because you can pick whether you want to be a guy or a girl or if there's like different events based on like i don't know but in this yeah. game you can't romance anybody so i was playing it as a girl and i could romance the girls or i could romance the guys i could be whatever i wanted so Very that's fun inclusive. different yes we like that um 
I think I sent you a, a text message. I'm about to romance the shit out of these people. Um, <laughs> very funny. Uh, and those games both came out on the Game Boy Advance. Friends of Mineral Town came out in 2003 in the U.S. Uh, and that's when we play as a male. And then uh, the other one came out sometime... Oh, it came out also two years later. Wait, we gotta wait two years? Came out in 2005. I remember hearing, like, in a YouTube video or something that there was, like, some beef with, with that game not allowing you to play as a woman, and, uh, I don't know, I, I don't remember what I heard, but it's pretty funny that they released a whole nother game, um, just so that they could add that in. Yeah. Oh, and then, okay, I guess it did add some new features, but I didn't write specifically what it does. Uh, so the gameplay is like the freaking same as all the other ones. I'm not going to bore you with that again. Uh, but I think we didn't mention the difference between fatigue and stamina. So in this game, you have very clear meters of where your stamina and your fatigue is right there on the screen. Nice. You don't have to pause. You don't have to go to any menu. It's right there. So hearts dignify your stamina uh, and it and it'll show you it decreasing every time you smack something with a hammer or plant something or blah blah blah. It'll decrease slowly. Uh, and the more upgraded your weapons are, obviously the more stamina it takes. Blah blah blah. That's pretty simple RPG stuff. Um, and then the only thing I found when playing is that eating things only increases your stamina by like three blocks, which is the same as hitting a rock. So, like, it didn't really do that much. So, I don't know if I just didn't quite get that concept or I wasn't, like, there to, like, start making things to increase my stamina. The only way that I knew to recover my stamina was to jump in the hot spring and then it recovers you fully. So, nice. I don't know about that one. It's also important uh, that you... Okay, hold on. Let me rephrase that. It is important to go to bed at a reasonable amount of time because if you go if you stay up too late you'll wake up more fatigued it's just like real life like um if you run 10 miles in a day right and that's all fine and dandy but you can only run 10 miles per your stamina limit and you do one day of that your fatigue will probably be fine right you're good if you run two days running 10 miles, you know, you might be a little more fatigued the next day. If you run, you know, three days running 10 miles every day, you're going to get more and more fatigued. And at some point, your stamina is going to decrease. So if you go to sleep really, really fatigued, you're not going to be have in or you're not going to have full stamina when you wake up. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think my game, I don't think um, Magical Melody had a level of hearts. It's interesting. Yeah, so once you decrease your stamina all the way, it slowly increases your fatigue. Fatigue bad, more stamina good. So it's like the inverse. Mm. So, yeah. and it'll denote like cute little characters. Like uh, your happy face is going to be like full of hearts and it'll be fun and that's full fatigue. Uh, and then the next one is just like just a smiley face. And then the next one is like a medium, like a straight mouth face and then a sad face and then a, oh my God, I'm dying face. <laughs> That denotes your fatigue. I hope I explained that concept because they're very intertwined but also different. That was good. Uh, let's see. In this one, like I said, in the other one, there is a mine. You can go in the mine and you can collect minerals. But in this case, you don't just give blue minerals to old men for blue pots. 
you use them to <laughs> upgrade your weapons. So your weapons, oh my god, <laughs> your tools. You're not, you're not <laughs> smashing cows with your hammer. Um, but yeah, you take it to the blacksmith, and the further down you go, the more rare the mineral you get, and then then you can upgrade it to something more rare. So like the first level is like just rocks. Then you can get a rock hammer. And then you go down a few more floors and you get, I don't know, iron or whatever. And then you can take it to the old man and you can upgrade it to an iron hammer. Stuff like that. Um, the only thing about mining in the mountain, though, is you can go down one level each. So, like, you have to hit the rocks and then you have to dig to see if there's, like, a tunnel down, like a ladder down. You can go down one level, but you can't go up one level. As soon as you jump on the ladder to go back up, you go to the very, very top. So you start over, uh, which is unfortunate because it takes a lot of stamina to get down there and do all that stuff, but that's fun. The other thing that I didn't like about it is when you give your tools to the blacksmith to upgrade, it obviously takes a certain amount of time. The more or the uh, heavier the metal is that you give him to upgrade it, the higher the skill, the longer it takes. So you'll be without that tool for that many amount of days. Uh, oh, wow. Which you have to play really strategically with that because not only is he closed on certain days, he also closes at a certain time. So you're going to want to give it to him at like the last second so that you can still work with it during that day. And then if it's three days and he's closed for one day, on the day that you're supposed to get it, you're without it for another day. So you really have to be yeah. strategic about that, which sucked. I didn't realize that. I just figured it would be like immediate. It is not. And he keeps it. Um, the game is also very forgiving. Like I, the very first thing I did when I played was I got rid of all the stuff on the field and then I tilled the land with my hoe and then I was like, all right, I'm going to get a shit ton of seeds. So I went, got a bunch of seeds and then I planted the seeds and then my stamina was out and I was like, well, no, now I can't water these seeds and now they're all going to die. But then I woke up that next day and they were fine. They were totally fine. And then nice. I went some more days without watering them intermittently, and they were fine. They didn't die. I think they probably will die eventually if I don't water them, but there were several days went by where I didn't water or I couldn't water because I freaking gave the dude my watering can to upgrade it. So this game is very forgiving, and I very much appreciated that. I should not have played this one first and then gone back to the Nintendo 64 one because that one was absolutely <laughs> not. So that was a mistake. Uh, same yeah. thing, shipping box, you put things in, he comes at five, and then you get your money the next day. Um, there's certain events that happen in this game. Same thing with the other one. Uh, I think that's pretty much the differences. Oh, that's not true. There's two modes of play in this game. So as soon as you get start the game, there's like an easy mode and like a normal mode. My ass clicked the easy one because you get more money for selling things and it's a lot less rigorous. So that's probably why that's it was... That's pretty smart. For the podcast a little more sake. enjoyable to me yeah um and then let's see the only other thing is you can like i said romance any of the guys any of the girls and then you, you can also romance the harvest goddess which i don't know if she's in the nintendo 64 version in this way i don't know if you can romance her but you can marry her in this one that's and crazy she makes yeah i don't know exactly what she does like what the benefit is i think it's just because she's so hard to romance and you have to do the right things and like the right order um then she's your prize you know i don't know if she does anything special uh, yeah 
But then if you marry her, then you take the moniker of the Harvest King, I believe. I think oh, that's, that's what the, the real prize. Said. That's what I'm saying. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty much it. This one was way more relaxing, way more fun, way more of a good time than the other ones were. And was it, was there a lot of tutorials? I bet there was. Yes, there was absolutely not as in depth as I would have liked, but like, as soon as you turn the game on, you click your thing, it'll tell you, you know, you need to talk to the villagers, raise their level, blah, 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 blah. This is how you use this tool. You can take it here during these hours, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's a lot like very upfront at the very beginning, but it's, it's good stuff. I didn't feel confused at all about anything. That's good. And then, I guess, there's also a pedometer, which I think you kind of mentioned. You took so many steps, and then yeah. if you reach if you reach an increment of steps, the harvest goddess shows up, and she's like, oh my god, you did this, blah, 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 blah. There's no special prize. I was just saying hello, or like, whatever it is. She'll like randomly pop up, <laughs> and then she's gone. Poof. Yeah, so in my game, in Magical Melody, I keep saying my game, um... The pedometer was like the first item you have and it's automatically equipped and it takes up like a slot from the rucksack and you have like no space as it is. And yeah. uh, I I was Googling yesterday. I was like, do I need this? And you need it for two musical notes. And I had already gotten those. I was like, I'm throwing this in the trash. Yeah, it also takes up the space. But there was there was plenty of space, plenty of inventory everywhere that it wow. was never really a problem. I think, um, is that all you have? Yeah, and things do stack in this game. So, like, if I have five oh, radishes, right. it's going to stack as five radishes. But I think the limit is nine, which makes sense. And also, I forgot this that... is another thing. That there are different, like, quali- or quantities, qualities of your, god dang it, qualities of your vegetables. So, like, I can have a wow. one-star radish, a two-star radish, and a three-star radish which will increase your stamina depending on like the quality. Are these remakes or remasters? What are they? Uh I believe it said it's a remake. I wonder how much of that is new compared to the Game Boy Advance game. That's pretty interesting. That I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's a remake. It's a remake and a combination of the two games. So I'm not sure. Very cool. I think um, fun. Fun, but you're not going back to it. Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Overall, I think um, the two things that I really missed out on, you know, I played two different games for about 10 hours total. I did not at all mess with relationships, marriage, like meeting people, even even non relation, even non uh, romantic stuff. I just barely talked to anybody that wasn't selling me stuff. (laughs) And the other thing is the cave. In both games I played, I did not really go into the cave at all. Um, But I believe the stuff you were just talking about with the mining and and getting the rare gems and whatnot, like, I'm pretty sure that's a big part of the game. Um, I just never got around to it. Yeah, I would say the marriages and the relationships were like on the back burner when it came to like the whole thing because i thought farming was like the most important mechanic but it's really 
the combination of the two, I think, that makes a game so great, which is maybe why I didn't like it. Maybe there's more story to be fleshed out of the characters, and I just didn't do that at all. But yeah, I'm not sure. So our overall thoughts are not going back to them. They are good <laughs> games, but it's not for us. Yeah, I think, I think, of the ones that we played and talked about, I might have liked Melody. What is it, Magical Melody, a little better? Because I like story. This is not news to anybody, but I like more story-driven things, which is why I like Harvestella. There it is again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it made me, it like motivated me to do something. It's like, oh, I reached this point in the game, and then something happens in the story. So I fit, like I don't, I don't feel any sort of like. I don't know, sense of accomplishment when I get like a five star radish or like I have harvested a hundred radishes. Like I just don't care. Yeah. So Um, I I don't know if I'd go back. It's a lot of work. I think if I had experienced Harvest Moon as a child, you know, where I had all this free time, like if I had three months over summer break to like sink into a harvest moon on gamecube or n64 or Game Boy advance you know my my answer might be totally different today i might be have a lot of nostalgia for it um because this is the kind of thing you could sink into for three months if you had no homework nothing to do your parents are at work you're home alone and it's like nine to five i'm gonna freaking till the land <laughs> i could see myself enjoying that as a child um but now i have all these games i want to play and i'm doing this monotonous work i'm picking seeds one by one and i have a real job right if i was a kid and that was my work that was my nine to five that's a different story but if i'm gonna work go home get stressed out playing another game it's not gonna be harvest moon (laughs) sweat buckets (laughs) oh shoot did i mess up (laughs) oh no this person's gonna hate me oh man i'm not gonna get married and have a kid damn it you go to work upset the next day. It's like, what's wrong? <laughs> oh, my my future wife just ended it with me. <laughs> my wife left me with my kid. <laughs> my kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, let's talk about impact. How many games are there in the Harvest Moon series, Hannah? So I broke it down to the three things. So pre-split, there is between 20 and 25-ish games. The only reason I say that is because I don't know if you want to count the WiiWare games that there are and or the re-releases that are combinations of previously released titles. Because that does happen in some of them. And some of them are like expanded editions of this one that released. So it so just if I depends. Say yes- I say yes to both of those it's 25 ish ish Ish. (laughs) um and there's also like with friends of mineral town and regular mineral town there's harvest moon ds and harvest moon ds cute which is just the girl version of the game oh that's the one i must have been thinking of and it's as far as i could tell is just the same game with a with a woman or a feet or a girl as the character so i don't know if that's technically a new game does that count as two or one? That's pretty funny. So that's why I got the ish there. But yes. And then post split, there are six games. 
So that is the Natsume published, but Marvelous doesn't have anything to do with them at all. There's six of those. And then there's five Story of Seasons games. So there is a lot to choose from. Yeah. So when I was looking at the list of games, I saw one called Innocent Life. Did you come across that one? Uh, yes. Innocent Life, a futuristic harvest moon on the PSP. Yes. That, I had no idea that existed, but I was just, I thought that was pretty cool. So I have a list of the spinoffs, if you want me to talk about those real quick. Sure. So there are 13 spinoff games, if you want to consider them that. We'll talk about it, I guess. There's BS, I don't know. Boku Joe Monogatari on the Satel of You? Is that how you say it? Or Saddle of You? Satel of You? Satel of You. That, there's a version of that, which is an episodic released, gated version of the OG Harvest Moon consisting of four unique episodes entitled First Time Outdoor Life. Fruitful land in mind. We are all alive and aim for Ranch Master. So, I don't know. Are those four games or are those just four episodes <laughs> of one game? Who knows? And then, like you said, Innocent Life, a futuristic harvest moon game, takes place on a relic-filled island where you, which can be explored by walking or biking. So, whatever that means. Um, then there's that the Rune Factory cool. series. Uh, features fantasy and dungeon-crawling gameplay. It is described as harvest moon where you wield a sword, which sounds like something I would more appreciate. I had no um, clue that that was a spinoff of Harvest Moon. I kind of did, but, like, not really. Like, I feel like... Well, the first uh, Rune Factory is called A Fantasy Harvest Moon. So I kind of figured. I just didn't know the connection to it. Uh, this is another series that was partly published by Natsume Incorporated uh, for the U.S. and Marvelous. It seems like that one also switched when the uh, they decided to go with Exceed Games instead. So that's interesting. There are many... Many of Rune Factory games. Didn't realize that. Uh, let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight right now. So that's interesting. Then there's Puzzle to Harvest Moon, which is, you guessed it, a puzzle game. There's Harvest Moon Frantic Farming, which is a sequel to the Puzzle to Harvest Moon game for iOS and Blackberry. Um, weird. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there's a game in Japan called Mina uh, de Pokojo Monogatari, which means the farm story with everyone. Uh, it's a Love free it. browser-based game. Hmm. So on the interwebs. Then there's Hometown Story, which is based mo more on the store management gameplay uh, than actual farming. So that's your thing. That is kind of my thing, actually. Like, uh, I was really getting into... I'm really into Two Point Campus. I've talked about that. I think I kind of like management games. Well, there you go. We should try Hometown Story. I believe that's on the 3DS. I think. Hmm. If I remember. Then there's Return to Popolo Croesus. That's how you say it. A Story of Seasons fairy tale. It's a spin-off crossover with the Popolo Croesus series, uh, which mixes more RPG elements into the main formula. Yay. Then there's Doraemon Story of Seasons, uh, which is a crossover with the Doraemon, uh, a very popular children's anime. He's like the blue cat guy. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm sure you've seen him. 
He's very popular in Japan. Uh, follows the story or the gameplay of story of seasons, but features characters from that series. Um, this one is published by Bandai Namco in all regions. So it's one of those exceptions where it's not published wow. by Marvelous or Natsume. Then there's a sequel That's to neat. that first game called Story of Seasons, Friend of the Great Kingdom, which also features Doraemon stuff. And then this one's wild. So there's the River King series, which is a fishing-themed RPG by Marvelous. It's marketed as a spinoff of the Harvest Moon series, despite the fact that River King, the first River King, and many of the games following it came out prior to the release of Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo. It's marketed as a, did you say prequel? No, as a spinoff. Oh, that's really interesting. I've, I know exactly what those games are, and I know they're published by Natsume, and mm-hmm. I've never made the connection, but that looks like Pete. That looks like the main character. Yeah. So I don't, it's like reverse marketing. <laughs> it's like, it feels like Harvest Moon should be a spinoff of that, but it's not. Because the first game, the first River King game came out in 1990 on the Famicom. So six years prior. Wow. To Harvest Moon. So yeah, all those are super interesting. And I knew about one of them was a spinoff. <laughs> Rune Factory does sound like it would be more up your alley. And it's got, like, the cute little, like, anime characters, and the cover arts always look so beautiful. I kind of want to look into Innocent Life, but if I'm being real, if it's just more Harvest Moon, just in a futuristic setting, I'm not going to like it. (laughs) Well, it (laughs) it seems like you're, like, kind of collecting relics. So, like, cool things from the past. Which sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. The last Harvest Moon game that came out was literally two months ago in September of 2023. And I have not heard a single person talk about it. The Winds of Anthos, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. And yeah. it's got like sevens and eights across the board, so not terrible. But like we said, it's not even the same developer at this point. It's just the name. Yeah, it's unfortunate. That's why people get so confused. Well, the whole story is confusing, let's be honest, but (laughs) that one just really nails it home. Why it's so confusing. It is the 25th anniversary of the Harvest Moon series this year, according to the review I was just looking at. Wow. Well, not if it came out in 96. Yeah, that doesn't add up, reviewer. Critic. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're close. Give or take five years, which is what I say for the timeline. Those dates are right, give or take five years. It's so weird. It's so crazy that you would continue calling a game Harvest Moon, knowing dang well that Story of Seasons is coming out simultaneously, and that's the actual Harvest Moon. It's, it's They're literally trying to make money off of the name it's so funny well it's also so strange though that story of seasons doesn't have a unique title it's all just remakes which i understand are great but like make a new one that's why people are confused yeah i don't know the whole Um, thing is just strange (laughs) so the ones that i have gathered are like the beloved ones are definitely magical melody on gamecube eights and nines across the board it's one of the highest rated games in the series 
Harvest Moon 64 is very popular and beloved as well. Um, Friends of Mineral Town and more Friends of Mineral Town got really good reviews. They're pretty popular as well amongst fans. Um, so I think, honestly, we chose some good ones to play for the episode. None of the games have done, like, particularly poorly. Some will get lower scores, like 6 out of 10. It's still not awful in my book. But the worst one, according to critics, is Harvest Moon One World, which came out two years ago. Which, <laughs> again, does it even count as a Harvest Moon game at this point? I don't know. Yep. Post-split. Boo. So it's been almost a decade since we got a new real Harvest Moon, is what you're telling me. Yeah. I mean, they can uh, they can polish up the old games as much as they want, but it's still not really a brand new game. So yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I wonder if they'll ever make a new one, or they're just comfortable publishing or uh, remaking the other ones. So one thing we haven't talked about is like Stardew Valley, and we're about to talk about competitors anyway. But that story of seasons would have to really compete with stardew valley and i was just kind of like nonchalantly talking to my girlfriend yesterday about harvest moon and about this game and my likes my dislikes and she plays stardew valley and she's like you just described everything about stardew valley and and we got to talking about it and um like, without having played Stardew Valley a second in my life, it, it sounds like they straight up made Harvest Moon with very minimal changes. Like, this game is incredibly similar to Harvest Moon, to down to almost every detail. Um, I think they added some... I think Star, uh, Stardew Valley added some, um, some combat... So I think you'll go into a mm. cave and there's like demons or monsters you have to fight. But aside from that, it's like borderline copyright infringement. Like it's crazy how similar the games are just from what I was understanding about it. Well, I have never played Stardew Valley, but I feel like it's a much more relaxed experience, which maybe is why people are drawn to that. They think farming, they think, oh yeah, you know, I'm just going to go plow the land out there and, and sow some seeds. Uh, yeah. That was always my impression, but I, I don't know if it actually is that way. And that was my impression of Harvest Moon, so who knows anymore? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it will. I mean, how in depth can farming games really go? Like, it's the same core mechanics. It feels like the things, the little things that you put on top of those core mechanics is why people are drawn to it. Yeah. I guess what so. I was trying to get to is like, if Story of Seasons makes a new game, they're going to have to. I don't know, mix it up and set themselves apart from Stardew Valley because Stardew Valley is insanely popular. Yeah. I don't know if people maybe just like the graphic style better, like the old pixely right. graphic versus like the new anime S chibi like ones. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that game blew up so much. What other competitors? I wrote Animal Crossing, Story of Seasons, which is <laughs> Yeah. I put Harvestella question mark. Do you feel like that would be a Harvest Moon competitor? Or do you think no, it's too different? No, it doesn't different? even... No, Harvest Moon doesn't even compete with Harvestella. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's so much... I don't want to say better. It's so much... It's so different than the vibes that Harvest Moon gives off. It's 
really just a combination between like a really story impactful RPG and just like a little bit of farming. It's I don't okay. think farming is like the main mechanic or like the main thing. But the other one I wrote with it, a question mark is uh, the Farming Simulator series. You know, Farming Simulator yeah. 2022. Um, which, when you Google Farming Simulator games, that is obviously the first one that pops up even before Stardew Valley. But that's because the name. Um, and, I mean, that's, like, not even the same. Sure, I, sure, they're both farming simulators. But, like, you are driving a tractor. You are actually farming, like, in real yeah. life. It's not animated. <laughs> it's very realistic. Um, I, I feel like they're not real competitors, personally. It's but like, I figured we'd mention it. It's, yeah, it's like uh, comparing Mario Kart to, like, Forza Horizon or whatever those games are. Yeah, they're both that's a simulations, analogy. I suppose. <laughs> but not really i also wrote farming simulator though but yeah i would not if you like really like farming and like sitting on a tractor and like plowing the the land that's for you if you like petting dogs and raising cats and whatever clucking chickens then you're gonna like harvest moon <laughs> um do you have any other for competitors uh, my time at Portia, I think, is one that recently came out. That one seemed to have a little bit of a following, and then Fay Farm, I think, just freaking came out. Uh, hmm. that's also very similar. And then Slime Rancher, which is yeah, it's adjacent. I wouldn't say it's super similar, but yeah, those are the ones that I, I have. Slime Rancher looks interesting. It's like a first-person shooter type of deal, like not necessarily a shooter, but you are holding something that looks like a gun. Um, right. I don't know. I'd be down to try that game out sometime. Yeah, anything if it has farming plus something else and that something else takes over as like the main driver of the game, then I think I'd be interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not just farming. So we had a bullet point for what sets Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons apart. Um, do you still want to talk about that now that we know that they're all just remakes? Um, I have a few things about what sets the new Harvest Moon games apart from the Story of Seasons games and the old Harvest Moon games, if that makes sense. So post-split yeah, versus pre-split. Uh, this, I'm taking other people's words for it. Uh, I obviously have not played in any of the post-split Harvest Moon games, but according to them, uh, the series have different characters between the two of them. So Story of Seasons obviously has some of the same characters between the games. We kind of mentioned that. Uh, some of the characters are the same in Mineral Town and uh what was the other one? Uh, harvest moon 64 they kind of reuse the same characters whereas the new harvest moon games give you a new character every time and you can customize it a little bit more new characters and everything uh the new harvest moon has mobile roots uh which i found was interesting so natsume incorporated the american company that owns harvest moon the name uh, is familiar with mobile games and mobile game mechanics so they kind of are micro transaction-y uh kind of things in there so they're more rooted towards like mobile gameplay which has been a major critic of the new harvest moon games uh it just seems like it was a mobile game that they brought to console just because they wanted some fast money so that was another thing uh customizing your farm is different so in harvest moon you can control how your farm looks a little bit more uh, akin to something like Animal Crossing, you can like move things around, you can put fence around everything, you can make it look pretty, customize it to yourself, whereas Stories of Seasons obviously hasn't made that jump yet, because they're just remakes. Yeah. So, those were some of them. I'm sure there's tons more, 
But those were just some of the ones that I saw while I was researching. All right. And I think with that, we're ready for some listener responses. Definitely. So I will say, I asked this on my Instagram, and usually there's a pretty good response rate. Uh, I got two. So clearly farming simulators are not uh, (laughs) super talked about or super played uh, in the community, or at least the community that I've garnered on my Instagram. So first we have Notorious7 says, does Animal Crossing count? Question mark. Yeah, we had that same question asked in in Discord. Oh, really? That's funny. You had to get us twice. (laughs) Um, And then we have Ben Strohecker says, Farming Simulator 2009. Fun game where you go grow crops and fields and harvest and feed that is it ben Str- ben strohecker said animal crossing on discord and then he sent you a different response on instagram that's incredible well now he gets two shout outs <laughs> um chris from x button gaming podcast said I've enjoyed farming sims ever since I played Harvest Moon 64 when I was a kid. My absolute favorite is Stardew Valley. In my opinion, it is probably the best farming sim now. So many crop choices, animals to raise, marriage prospects, upgrades to the farm, multiple dungeon-like caves to fight through and explore, actual compelling character arcs, plus a bunch more. But the thing that makes it really stand out is the fantastic multiplayer mode. I didn't know about that. Being able to play the full game but do it with one or multiple friends adds a lot of replayability all in all. It's just a great game. And even though I have a lot of nostalgia for some of the older harvest moons, it's definitely my favorite farm sim now. Wow. Sorry, harvest moon. If I could have put 10 hours into that game with you, I would have had a lot more fun. Any of the, any of the harvest moons. I agree. It definitely seems like it would be perfect for a collaboration, but that's pretty cool. It's multiplayer. I didn't know that. I also didn't know that. Neato. So does that mean that your friend can just join on one farm or like you have to be on at the same time working on one farm? Or yeah. Or do each have two separate farms? That's a good question. And I also wonder if you can do local multiplayer. I feel like it's probably a no in 2023. That's probably a no. <laughs> yeah interesting stuff cool thanks for the responses guys yeah it's a bummer that (laughs) farming simulators aren't a talk of uh i guess a talk of anybody at this point no nor instagram (laughs) nor discord i feel like okay how many people do you know that have played harvest moon in your life none i literally don't know anyone in my (laughs) day-to-day life that like grew up with the series like i don't even know how they sold any um i mean there's people online that i've become friends with but like in my actual life growing up i never heard anyone talk about harvest moon it was always animal crossing yeah i mean my best friend who loves farming simulations games has has never talked about harvest moon at all loves animal crossing not harvest moon Um, I guess that's it. You want to talk? You want to move on to the news? Been buying, been playing. Yes, I do want to say one last thing though. Whoever came up with the name Harvest Moon is a genius. 
That is such did a you fun look up, name. Did you look up what that means? Harvest moon? Yeah. What is, I mean, I know it's a real moon that we say in English. No, I don't know what it is. I know that it is a real thing. I don't know what it is. Oh, it's just, I mean, it's, I don't think it has any significance to do with, like, farming or anything. But, like, it has the connotation that it does, you know? And it's, like, an actual thing that we say in English. I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. It's better than farm story. Boring. <laughs> the harvest moon is one of the most familiar moon names and refers to the nearest full moon to the autumnal equinox. Equinox. The light of the harvest moon enables farmers to work late into the night, helping them to bring oh, wow. in the crops from the fields. Damn, I'm full of shit then. Wow. See? Great name. That's a great name. And uh, it doesn't align with the curfew thing that happens on the N64. If there's a harvest moon, it's supposed to help you work late into the night. So why are you forced to go to bed? I don't get it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought I'd say that. It's just one of those. No wonder why they didn't want to get rid of the name. It's a cool name. Oh, yeah. But Story of Seasons is fine, too, I suppose. But Farm anyway, yeah, we not. can do... <laughs> we can, yeah, we can do Ben Bynum playing now. Let's talk about the news real quick. Um, I wrote a oh. couple things down. The Game of the Year nominees are out, and they yes. are... Tears of the Kingdom, Spider-Man 2, Mario Wonder, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Baldur's Gate 3, and the recently released Alan Wake 2. Do you want to know what's really funny about that, though? Is what? Every single goddamn one of those is a sequel, or like the next entry in a series. Yeah. Nothing new. I, I feel like if anything is new here, it's Mario Wonder. It's the most new, and even that is definitely a sequel, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's in a very long running series, but yeah, nothing, nothing, no new concepts. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Not that the concepts in the game aren't new, but no new IPs, no new games. Yeah. Um, that, that definitely I voted... represents the state of the world. We know what you voted, Hannah. <laughs> Obviously, Spider-Man Two. Come on. <laughs> no, I definitely voted for Tears of the Kingdom, and Tears of the Kingdom. And Super Mario Wonder both were nominated five times in five oh, categories. Wow. Oh, that's cool. And I, I also think, know um, that. Oh, go ahead. I think that it's been seven months. It's it will have been seven months since Tears of the Kingdom came out. Maybe six months. Whenever the Game Awards happen, and I think that people have a lot of recency bias for Spider-Man Two, and I think. I think Baldur's Gate 3 also was incredibly popular, not amongst the people that I hang out with, but definitely the PC crowd. Um, so I really don't know who could win. It could be any of those three, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah, I feel like, well, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you're right about Spider-Man 2, and everyone's like on the forefront of their mind. Uh, but I, I really do think it's going to be Tears of the Kingdom. I really do. And I'm not just saying that because I want it to be Tears of the Kingdom. I just think it will be. That's what will get my votes. I loved it. Uh, also, Nintendo was the most nominated publisher of the Game Awards that were nominated. They had 15 nominations, followed by Sony with 13, 
Xbox slash Bethesda slash Blizzard with 10. <laughs> so. Very cool. <laughs> We're gonna win, baby. Hell yeah. It's Nintendo's year. Um, the, other, the other piece of news that I wrote is that there is a new Super Mario Party Joy-Con bundle for the holidays. Mm. And if anyone remembers, back in like 2018, the first one they came out with was... It ended up being rare as F, and I feel like the exact same thing is about to happen with this one, because who in God's name is getting Super Mario Party for Christmas, and why in God's name didn't they bundle the new Mario Party game, the newer Mario Party game, with the Joy-Cons? I don't know. Must be a lot of dead stock over there at the warehouse. (laughs) Well, I also don't know. I have not seen it in stores, so maybe it is super limited, but I was one of those dummies who bought it the first time it came out. So Heck yeah. But you know what? Now it's rare, I suppose, so that's good. Anything else? News? Um, yeah. Nintendo and Miyamoto have confirmed that they are working on a live-action Legend oh, of Zelda shoot. movie. <laughs> I am tentatively excited, but also worried. You know what I think? I think people hated in the Halo TV show when Master Chief took off his helmet because that's just something you don't see in the games. They hated it so much. And as soon as Link opens his mouth to talk, people are going to lose their mind. Yeah, I feel like I would have much rather have seen an anime or something like that. Like, I was also tentatively excited about the Mario movie, but that was animation, so how much could they really screw it up? Uh, and that one turned yeah. out to be fantastic. Live action makes me scared. Yeah. It really does. It'll probably be great. I think there's a high probability it'll be great. And, um, yeah, I'm sure uh, I'll be there one of the first weekends to watch it. My only hope is that they cast completely unknown actors and actresses. I have seen many fan art of Tom Holland playing Link, but he's Spider-Man <laughs> and he's already whatever the PlayStation guy is. Nathan Drake or whatever? We don't need him yeah. as Link. Okay, get somebody else. He doesn't even look there's like a him. Lot, there's a lot of people that just play... Well, I don't know, that sounds stupid. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I want unknown people. But, yeah, we'll see. I I hope it's good, but I don't know. The only other piece of news I have is Sony announces that The Last of Us Part 2 is being remastered for the PS5, releasing on January 14th, 2024. Uh, The cool thing about this, though, is I think, I'm I'm sure they're not the first people to do it, but if you already own the game on PS4, then it's only $10 to upgrade to the digital version of the PS5. Or on the PS5. So, very cool. That's cool. You don't have to spend $70 or whatever the heck they're going to charge for it. You can just pay 10 more, which I like. Um, you can also bring your saves from the original to the remaster. Also cool. So, for the Game Awards that year, it will just be the remake of The Last of Us 2 for every single award, just like it was in 2021 or whatever that was. Yeah, which leads to the discussion, should remakes and remasters... I get remakes, but not remasters. <laughs> should remasters be qualified for Game of the Year and all that if it didn't technically come out that year? Remasters just... probably don't make it into the cut, if I had to guess. 
So I don't know. But anyway, the only reason I give a shit about that is because it also came on the wake of the news that The Last of Us TV show, which I absolutely love, uh, is starting to film on January 7th. So we'll probably get the series in like two years. (laughs) Yay. Nice. Yes, that's all the news that I have. There wasn't really that much to report on, actually. It's been pretty quiet. Yeah, I, I like to check my uh, the Discord. I have a gaming news channel now, and I try to post stuff in there. And it's partially so that I can remember it for when we get to here uh, every month. But I looked through it and didn't see a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. Bummer. It's been quiet. I assume the Game Awards is going to bring a whole lot of buzz, and that's sometime next month. I think it's yeah. usually early December. So look forward to that. Uh, Ben Bayan. What you got, Hannah? Uh, the only thing that I have bought is the two Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom amiibo. Uh, that would be Ganondorf, everyone's favorite hottie, and then, uh, Zelda. (laughs) Those are really cool. And then I got the three new Splatoon 3 amiibo that came out. And I have to pick up Hogwarts Legacy from Best Buy. At some point, hopefully Sweet. next week. Because that finally released on a Tuesday or something random. Nice. That's it. What about you? You get any uh, birthday presents you want to mention here? Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't buy those, but I got them. Heck, yeah. Tell so you got how amazing me, I am. You got me three packages. It was like Christmas, right? <laughs> so I got Wave Runner... For the Game Boy and all of its beautiful box glory. That one was exciting. Have yet to plug it in and play it because I don't have I my Game Boy. I think it's called uh, Wave Race. Oh my god, what did I say? Wave Runner. Oh, well, you know what? It's midnight here. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> you do run on Wave Runners. But yeah, Wave Race for the Game Boy. Uh, the cover art is beautiful, by the way. It's like those between pastel and like super bright colors i don't know if you know i'm talking about it just gives like total 90s vibes beautiful yeah um and then i also got uh oh my god i'm so blanking it's a kami right on the switch that one i am very excited for i have had that in my cart on freaking play asia and amazon japan for like six years and i just never ever wanted to freaking bite the bullet on it and i don't have to you got it if you play that game without me, I'm going to get a new podcast co-host. I really want to play that with you. So does it does it have multiplayer, or you just mean like in tandem? No, tandem. I am super, super very excited to play that one. I think I need to play Bait and Kato's first, because I've had that one for a very, very, very long time. And I have not played it. And I need to play... Dragon Quest Treasures, which I've also had for a very, very long time and haven't played it. And heck yeah. Maybe we can um, force ourselves to play it for an episode. Could be an Okami episode coming up soon. That would be fun. It's technically classified as an action-adventure, right? Yeah, whatever Zelda is, it's that. That would be fun. I would totally do that. We should do a... um uh just an action adventure episode like maybe talk about like the most popular ones or something 
Okay. If that would work, that would be fun. Let us know what you want, folks. Hell yeah. And then the other one I got is Quantum of Solace, which if you don't know, it's a 007 game uh, featuring Daniel Craig, I believe, on the DS, which I have also have not played that one yet, but I wonder how it's going to differ from the PS3 version. Because I assume it's not going to be in 3D, obviously, right? Could be. There was a lot of FPSs where you controlled with the um, with the touch screen. That could be. I don't know. I'm very interested because I know exactly what the other one plays like. So we'll see. But yeah. Thank you very much, by the way, for the birthday gifts. Happy birthday, my friend. It's always um, nice. You know who else's birthday it is? The freaking Unlockable Podcast turns four years old this month. So shout out to them. That's us. Wow. It's just a coincidence that we started the month of my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> It is November, right? I'm pretty sure it's November. Yeah, it's definitely November. I think it's November. I want to say. Well, I want to say today. Is it the 21st? That would be insane. It's the 20th here in Texas, though. Oh. Well, it's the 21st over here. <laughs> so. Kind of counts. Um, I have not purchased many video games at all this month. I. I, I, I got to meet my man Charles Martinet this month. Um, it was at Collecticon here in Houston. He is a very genuine man, uh, for those of you that don't know, the voice actor of Mario. He is a very, just a very generous and, like, happy human being. I mean, he's always in character with the, uh, with the Mario voices and... I mean, not always. Like, he sat there and talked to me for a minute and, and like, a normal human being. And uh, it was just, like, a a really nice conversation. And I, it was super cool. He's definitely super rich. This man wanted $80 to sign my copy of Mario 64. So, that man has so much money from doing these stupid signatures. It's not even, it's not even funny. Holy crap. Did he give you a picture for free? A handshake for free? You have to pay for all of it? Oh, dude. Pictures cost money. Um, you can't even, like, take a picture of him signing your game without paying for it. It's... He's... He's crazy. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Holy crap. That's crazy. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Everyone and their mother wants to see him, so... He had a very long line, but this, this convention was super anime. Like there were so many anime voice actors and the lines for them were way longer it was i probably waited two hours to meet this guy but if i was waiting for like the naruto voice actress or literally anyone else that was in an anime i probably would have been there for four or five hours holy shiznats that's crazy that is actually crazy I wouldn't recommend doing it again. Um, I especially this convention was like ninety nine percent Pokemon cards, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Uh, so he was definitely the highlight. But I did buy a couple of games at the convention. I got uh, Chaos Field on the GameCube, and I got Bonk's Adventure on the Turbo Graphics sixteen, which is my second Turbo game, and I am incredibly excited to play some Bonk's Adventure. That sounds fun. How much was it? I paid 70. 
Um, I've had a save search on eBay looking for that one for years. Not like it's rare, but I, I just have been waiting to pull the trigger. Um, and that was a very good price for that. Dang. Did you get any Pokemon cards? <laughs> I walked past every Pokemon cards booth and <laughs> did not even look back. I literally could not care less. Oh, man. But, Hannah, the real prize of this month, I... I don't think anyone in the world knows that this game came out in October, but the Grinch Christmas Adventures came out in October for all the modern consoles, and I cannot wait to dive into it after Thanksgiving. It is going to be this piece of garbage shovelware game, and I am <laughs> so excited, dude. I'm going to play the heck out of this game, and next month you guys are going to hear about it. That I cannot wait. How much was it? The game came out at 40. I found an eBay seller and I got it for 30. So, Bargain. I'm content. $30 for the best game you'll ever play. Yes. Like I I know it's going to suck or I'm I'm hoping it doesn't, but like I have low expectations and I don't know. I'm just hoping for like a decent 3D platformer and it's co-op, so I'm going to play it with my girlfriend. Um we'll see how it goes. That's kind of fun. What does the other person play as the dog or something? Or Cindy Lou Who? Uh, yeah. You play That's as awesome. dog. That's awesome. And I picked up Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 because that's the kind of person I am. Very nice. What, uh, what have you been playing? Um, Harvest Moon, uh, Harvest Moon, and Story of Seasons. <laughs> and that is it. I absolutely... Waited to the last minute. I should have played them earlier. But you know what? We do what we must for the podcast. And I played like 10 hours consecutively of nothing but fucking farming. <laughs> and got them the same mechanics <laughs> over and over again. We literally like, had a call a week ago. And we're like, why did we do this to ourselves? <laughs> and uh, yeah. that uh, My whole week has been Harvest Moon and... Finally, yesterday, I put in those three hours on Magical Melody. I was like, that's it. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this game tomorrow, and I'm never playing Harvest Moon again. <laughs> yes. I don't think I will pick up another just straight-up farming simulator for the rest of my life. <laughs> I really, it just, it was not unenjoyable. It was just not enjoyable. I have many, many other things I need to play. And I don't want to fucking seed any more ground in my entire life. I'm done. Dunzo. <laughs> the only other game I have played, aside from Call of Duty, in the past month and Harvest Moon, um, when Spider-Man 2 came out, I got a real hankering for some Spider-Man, and I don't have a PS5, so I'm just, like, struggling. Um... I thought about playing a Spider-Man on PS4 that I've already played, but I decided I'm going to play The Amazing Spider-Man on 360, and it wasn't great, Hannah, and it did not fill the void, and I still wish I had a <laughs> PS5, and I hate oh, everything now. I'm so sorry. Well, at least you got to play the first Spider-Man. Yeah. Yep. I'm over here Spidey-less. Never played a Spider-Man game in my entire life. Dang. Yeah. That's it. Anything else, Hannah? Nope. That's it. I'm done talking about farming. <laughs> we got two hours and 45 minutes here. 
Um, we tried. That's all I can say. We tried. <laughs> we really did. Pretty... I mean, we could not have played less games in order to get a grasp on the series. That's the thing. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I'm pretty happy with this episode. I thought it came out really well. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope I explained the timeline as good as I could, you know? I think you did a great job. Don't fret about it. Yeah. We will see you guys in December. I will say that our next episode is going to be Video Game Lasts, and I can confidently put Story of Seasons as my last farming game. (laughs) Boom. Done. <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to lay that episode out because I don't really know what a video game last is anymore. We were so ahead with the schedule, and uh, I don't remember what we talked about for that one. All right, bye. Good night. Bye.